Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but inside it's so delightful. And because I've no place to go, let the show, let the show, let the show. <laughs> okay, keep my day job. All right, fine, I get it, yeah. Now, I want to do something different. This is our, our fourth anniversary. Uh, and I know it's unusual for anybody to start a, a brand new radio program on Christmas Eve, but I was impatient. I mean, I really was. I was supposed to wait for, you know, January 1st. That was the plan. Wait till January 1st at the new year with a new show. And I'm like, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I got anxious. And so uh, Bill Fecky is really responsible for all this. Bill, Bill's going to be back in January because he suggested after I, I was uh, asked to leave WBY, he says, Greg, check out this thing called Blog Talk Radio. Oh, what's that? Well, it's internet radio. Well, I'm thinking, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little traditional, and I, I'm not the, the first person to jump into high tech. So I'm thinking, well, uh, I don't know, uh, what, does it, what does it work? Do, you know, do I have a boss? I mean, who, who, how does this thing go? I mean, it's just internet. You know, where's my studio? Where's my audience? No, audio, you know, where's the, you know, how are we going to reach people? What's the, what's, how does this work? Because no, it's all online. It's all computerized. Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, I'm such a, a computer genius. How am I going to do that? No, you do. It's, it's a whole self-contained thing, though. They'll, they'll set it up. They'll, you do your show. You broadcast. It's great. You'll love it. Okay. <laughs> Skeptical as I was, well, I looked into it, and I looked into it more and more, and I talked to the Blog Talk folks, and I figured out how to do this uh, myself because I didn't have a call screener. I, I did for a while. Jean was fabulous. Jean was great when she was here because she was also a commentator as well. And so, But that's how it happened. So four years ago, you know, I, I plugged in, paid the the subscription, cranked up the computer, you know, started uh, doing the shows and posting ahead. And of course I was on Facebook already. And so started announcing and here we are. This is four years later. And so this is, well, Christmas Eve tomorrow, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Neither are you. <laughs> it's, it's Saturday. It's freaking cold out there too. It's, it's 27 degrees right now. And we still haven't even hit the low. The low is going to be the eight o'clock hour, eight o'clock AM central time when it's supposed to go down to 26. So I've already been outside. Why, I don't know, but I've already been outside to, to check for snow. It's too cold even for snow. Now, snow usually happens around 30, 32 degrees. I know that sounds kind of t- counterintuitive for you folks that have never seen snow, you know, down there in Belize on the equator. Um, but um, it actually has to warm up to snow. So those places in Wyoming and Minnesota where it's, it's really freaking cold right now, um, notice on the clear nights you don't get snow. It's got to be cloudy. It's got to warm up because at that point, it's ice crystals that can't even form snow. And so weather's kind of funny. But uh, it's interesting. I made a Facebook post, I think, yesterday, probably last night. You know, I said the, the, the fastest way to shut up a bunch of climate change wackos is for a big cold front to go through. I mean, that's kind of paraphrasing, but that's basically it. So, so nobody's talking global warming today. <laughs> Nobody in anyone in the country is talking global warming today. Uh, in fact, there was one weather chart where they couldn't even find a, a color cold enough they just leave it blank <laughs> right up in the, you know, sort of like uh, within, I don't know, uh, three or 400 miles of Chicago. <laughs> Everything's blank. Uh, that'd be Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois, those kind of places where it is really cold up there. So, again, nothing, nothing shuts up, you know, climate change, global warmists faster than, than something like this. Where are they? You know, so, so those frozen lakes, you know, they're worried about the polar ice caps melting and all the great lakes are probably frozen by now. But I'm sure most lakes, you know, north of uh, – of the Mason-Dixon, you know, are probably frozen right now. And so, uh, yeah, so there's your global warming. You can walk on it. 
<laughs> you, know, you can throw it at people. You, you can build snowmen with your global warming. Uh, this is quite fascinating. Anyway, so this is a grand and glorious experiment, getting back to, to Action Radio here for a bit. And I'm not going to spend the whole time on this. I've got, I've got a lot of stuff planned for today. Uh, I've asked my uh, reporters if anybody wants to call in, kind of reminisce, you know, talk about your story, how you got involved. Um, we might do that more next week. We might even do it when we get back. You know, that might be something I, I really I wasn't even planning a show until last night. I thought, you know what? I really want to do one. <laughs> and so this morning I'm looking through my stuff because uh, I want to do a repeat. I'm really enjoying playing these, these W.E.B.Y. shows because otherwise nobody would ever hear them again. You know, the station's gone. It was sold. It's now a Fox sports station, which is something we really need in this community. You know, another Internet radio station that people can get anywhere in the world. They don't they don't have to take over what was a great independent uh, radio station. And there are damn few of them left. But to WEBY, Northwest Florida's news and talk leader, uh, that, was, that was the station that gave me my first, first full-time job in radio. And so to have lost that job you know, a year and four months later, it's a little disconcerting. Anyway, especially because I think we really did serve the community. I mean, that was my goal. And we were just catching on to, this is, this is the irony of the whole thing. We were just catching on. We had listeners who really enjoyed the show. We had a following. We had the audience was growing, and they were telling their friends across the country, so people were starting to listen on the Internet. And so we, the, the national show was coming. I mean, it was, it was on its way. It was all set. You know, I had uh, Matt Gates. you know, on uh, one of our last broadcasts talked about, you know, how we got the, the mandatory citizenship bill and the census to him, and it was a great way to get legislation, citizen legislation, directly to members of Congress. I've got, I'll play that one again sometime, but I've, I've got that interview. Uh, I played it a few times, actually. Um, because it's good. <laughs> it's really nice to hear uh, that we were doing the right thing. And then that just got taken. I mean, it just, and this is, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm complaining, you know, because things happen. Uh, um, there's a lot of things that happen to a lot of people. I'm not, not, not singling me out for any, anything special. But the, the simple fact was that, uh, you know, Action Radio was proven. It was proven to work. It was catching on. And we were headed for, uh, I believe, a huge national and possibly international show online doing what nobody else has ever done before. And that's incorporate a citizen legislature into a regular radio show. And that wasn't the first step back, but it was, it was huge. And so I'm, I'm looking around, you know, I went to all the radio stations within about a hundred miles. I figured worst comes to worst, I could drive, you know, to a radio station, you know, and I would be willing to do that for a show, you know, as long as I could go home and, you know, <laughs> sleep for a couple hours, then get ready for the next one. But uh, I looked, but I was really hoping to find something closer in the greater Milton, Pensacola, you know, actually from like Fort, uh, Fort Walton beach to, uh, um, Gulf Shores, Alabama, if anybody knows that area, and maybe about 50 miles north. So 50 miles in any direction was kind of like my window of opportunity I was hoping to get, and that didn't happen. So I'm like, okay, well, and that's when Bill comes along and tells me about Blog Talk, and I can work from home. I don't have to go anywhere when it's 26 friggin' degrees out there. And so I started doing it, and it was slow. I'll, I'll grant you that. Those first few shows, you know, nobody listened. <laughs> you know, in fact, they're still there, by the way. You can go to blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. And you can catch the early shows where I was basically doing a two-hour monologue. That is exhausting, by the way, and especially because I wasn't really practiced in how to do it. And so I was doing, this, doing these monologues, and it was way back at the beginning. In fact, Pianchi's on the line now, so I'll, I'll get Pianchi's earliest memories of when he found me and, and discovered what we were doing here at Action Radio. And so, it was, but, so that's how it happened. Anyway, so, uh, so I started Block Talk, and things went uh, progressively better. We had good Facebook pages. We had good coverage. There were thousands of people per day uh, after two years who were looking at the show. They were, they were viewing it. They were, they were listening. It was great. Things were going great again. Once again, you know, 
<laughs> Greatness Part 2. So we're, we're going gangbusters. The show is catching on. I was getting ready to move to three hours. All kinds of wonderful things happen. We're happening with Action Radio. The bills were catching on. We're getting members of Congress interested. We were getting the guests. You know, everything was, was, was doing beautifully. And then COVID struck. And so COVID hit um, about, uh, two, was it three years ago now? December of 2019. So that's when I got it. And well, I, I never got tested officially, but the tests don't work anyway. So as far as symptoms go, I had COVID, as did everybody in this area. We all had it. We didn't know what it was. But I've got, in fact, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put on Facebook one of those repeats from, uh, from my COVID days, you know, three years ago, uh, which would be kind of funny because I was in terrible shape as far as uh, my voice. Now, I was, I, I mean, my health was not bad. You know, it, it made me tired. It, uh, uh, I, I, but the, the, the worst was the cough. I mean, I could not control the cough and I could not, uh, could not speak to save my life. So that's when I had guest hosts. That's when I came up with the guest host hour. So I had these different things going on to sort of, you know, mitigate me actually doing the show, but I still wanted to keep the show going, even though I felt, you know, I mean, like I said, I didn't feel that bad. I really run down. And so, but the biggest thing is you can't sleep with this. You know, I had to sleep sitting up. And uh, it was just, it was very, it was, it was just uncomfortable. I mean, it wasn't really, I, w- I would call what you say moderate symptoms. Okay. And I was, you know, 60 at the time. So I was in that age group that was, you know, more vulnerable, but everybody around here had it. We all had this cough. We didn't know what it was and it went away, you know, with a little bit of rest. I mean, and that's what I did. So I took a couple of days off, uh, off my job at the time and just said, okay, I said, boss, <laughs> uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> you just, okay. You know, so I took a couple of days off and then I was fine and that was it. You know, now that I was immune to COVID, I never worried about it. So I knew it was COVID after a while once we heard learn what COVID was, simply because the symptoms matched perfectly, except that I didn't have the, the loss of taste and smell and a lot of other – there was a few other things that some of the worst symptoms I didn't have. I just had a really bad cough, and I couldn't sleep without sleep. Uh, and I was, you know, just kind of – it was just like a really bad cold, really bad cold uh, where you lose your voice. And, but I've had bad colds like that before, so I didn't notice too much difference. Anyway, the problem – that wasn't the problem. COVID wasn't the problem. COVID I got over in, in, in about, uh, you know, after a couple of days of rest. The problem was what happened after that. And the problem, Pianchi, I'll get to you, so just, just hang in there. The problem, the problem is what, the, what happened after the government got involved in doing something. And I'm not talking about the Trump administration, although Donald Trump, well, Donald Trump screwed up big time. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more. Um, and, uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, so he, he let Dr. Fascist take over. And for my new listeners, that's Dr. Anthony Fauci. Dr. Fascist, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher, that Dr. Fascist. So what happened was the coordinated efforts of government and uh, big pharma and big tech, otherwise known as fascism, that's why Dr. Fascist is who he is, uh, coordinated to suppress any information other than vaccines will save your life and, um, and, and you vaccine or, you know, you're, that's it. And, we're not, and eventually we're not going to give you a choice. Uh, and then they mandated everything to preserve COVID until they actually got this so-called vaccine, which is really a messenger RNA gene jab, which, um, you know, a, a friend of mine, really good friend, just came down with COVID after a couple of jabs, you know, and I've never had the jab. And once I had it, my immune system's been fine. I've never had it since. Okay. You know, some, you know, so immunity works and the COVID jab is dangerous. Uh, and, it, it, and many times it's fatal. And that's what we're finding out more and more. Anyway, so I came out February 27th of 2020 with a bill. Um, and I sent it to, to my Congressman Matt Gates, and I sent it in press releases, and I sent it out as far as I could. I said, we've got to stop this nonsense. I said, this is all wrong. I said, we don't need, we don't need a vaccine for a disease that's already here. It's not going to be ready for 10 years. Even if they put it out, it's still, we're still not going to know if it's safe or not. You can't do this. This is criminal. 
And so I wrote a bill saying that Congress had to only put half their money for COVID into this so-called vaccine. The other half had to go in early treatments. And this is when I learned about uh, Dr. Didier Raoult in, in Marseille, France, who had the study on chloroquine, which I was calling chloroquine at the, at the time because I didn't even know what, how to pronounce it properly, right? And then I learned about hydroxychloroquine. Then a friend of mine introduced me to – and then I learned about Dr. Zelenko. Then a friend of mine actually introduced me to Dr. Zelenko, and he came on the show, and we wrote a bill to uh, – to reform the, uh, the Food and Drug Administration and the Emergency Use Authorization Procedure. Now, Dr. Zelenko, unfortunately, has, has passed away, um, but the bill hasn't. <laughs> so the, his bill you know, that, that we wrote is still here, and it's still viable, and I still want to uh, get it through. Um, so we shall see. We, all those folks that are honoring Dr. Zelenko, you really want to honor Dr. Zelenko? Then help with his bill. Make what he wanted to do a reality. And that, I believe, is the best way to honor him. So I came out with a bill February 27th that Congress should only spend half their money um, on this, this so-called vaccine. Uh, they're half on early treatments. I called it a bioweapon. I said, it's nothing worse than a flu bug. I said, this is ridiculous. We have drugs that can kill it, drugs that can treat it, drugs that can stop its replication. We can have other viruses go after it. I, I did about two hours of research and learned that, that, uh, you know, that there's a whole bunch of ways to kill a virus, that the vaccine is not the only way. And that's when I knew this was a marketing scheme. So guess what happened March 2nd after I said that, it, that this whole government approach to this is a, is a big fat hoax? Well, I got censored. It was almost like I got fired again, <laughs> you know, so because the same thing happened. The listeners went away. The, uh, uh, the, I was shut down on Facebook, shut down on, on all other social media, you know, and uh, the whole distribution of the show just came to a crashing halt because I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't share it. I couldn't uh, use my usual marketing. So the, 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 the several thousand, you know, folks that were viewing every day and listening and doing everything else, they disappeared. And I started over again, again. <laughs> so I started over again twice. Now, this year, we're looking at some really incredible stuff. And I'll tell you about that in a little bit. First, I want to get to Pianchi and uh, welcome, uh, you know, one of the greatest callers I think I could ever have. And that's, that's my friend Pianchi. Good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm doing fine. But, you know, when you look back on it, it wasn't nothing that Trump would do at the time because first thing people were saying, well, he's not Fauci. Fauci is the medical expert. And, uh, you know, he would have went with the point that the federal government had no business telling people to take vaccinations. But uh, at the time, because of ignorance and the media, like, uh, and all its sources, like it shut you up and others, I mean, that uh, they got over on that one. So let's, let's talk for a minute about this expert thing, because this is, uh, has haunted a lot of us for a long time. How would you define an expert? Well, the, the credentials that he put up, being that he was a doctor, mm-hmm. I mean, that's there alone. You know, people talk about uh, climate change. They say, well, you're not a scientist. Mm-hmm. So, well, to me, an expert. Yes. Go ahead. No, no, mm-hmm. finish. What you're saying is absolutely correct. But uh, he was being criticized by public opinion. And the public was already scared as hell, which, you know, they had a right to be. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, but some people are just going to die when anything like this comes along because they're predisposed, whereas they are more susceptible than others. So, you know, it was one that uh, they got over on, Greg. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
it's like with me, you know, I, I fit the age criteria for, for an at-risk person um, when, it, when it came through here, um, Milton, Florida, and Pensacola, Florida, and all of us in the, in the panhandle in the upper northwest corner of Florida in December 2019, uh, January 2020. I mean, I had it over, that, over uh, Christmas and New Year's. That's when it hit. Like I say, I want to dig out some of those shows. But um, I have a good immune system. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, uh, you know, I've always tried to take care of myself and exercise and keep the weight under control, except, you know, after heart surgery. And I've already told that story. Um, but if you have a decent immune system and you stay healthy and you eat properly, um, that's, that's, that's 90% of the battle right there. Plus the fact that I was a tour guide in San Francisco. And I literally met people from I think the, I don't know which countries where I've missed. I can't think of a, um, maybe some African and South American countries and possibly some Asian that I did not meet. But I met, you know, Laotians. I met Chileans. You know, I met uh, Egyptians. I met people from all over Europe and Russia and China and everywhere you can mm-hmm. think of, from the Pacific Islands, from, uh, from the South Pacific, you know, you name it. Uh, I met people. And so Saudi Arabians, you know, I mean, just countries come to mind. So I met people from all over the world and shook their hand. And, and was within, you know, close conversational range. So whatever bugs were out there, you know, I, they've already been through my system. <laughs> so, so I have like a cat, I'd like the inter- international immune system catalog of, of every bug that ever uh, uh, I experienced yeah. from all the different people. And I'm fine. It's actually a good thing. Well, yeah, you're absolutely time. right. You did. And, and yeah. you know, and to be truthful, mm-hmm. every human being has that archival of, of an immune system from previous biological genetic context throughout the history of their genetics, they carry that. But what hampers it is, like we say, you got these pre-morbid conditions, mm-hmm. uh, excessive uh, things that the body really shouldn't be carrying along, that's excess weight and other things that uh, hampers your immune system. See, your immune system just like an army. You know, it's one thing for a good army like the United States to be able to fight on uh, three different battlefronts of theaters, but a nation like, for say, uh, Angola couldn't do that. They just don't have the capacity. So that same thing works with your immune system. Your immune system is an army. The better you keep it in shape, then the better it improves on its capacity to fight on more than one theater that's going on in your body. Yeah, that's why when COVID came along, it was new to, to all of us. Our body's like, huh, this is different. And like I say, I'll, I'll drag out those shows when I sounded like, like uh, I sounded terrible. <laughs> I'll leave it that way. Um, I want to get back to expert for a second because. You and you know, know real some... quick, real quick. Oh, go ahead. No, it's fine. The reason why something is different because it was created. See, oh, if it yeah. had been natural, uh, some variant of natural, your body could have handled it okay. But here your body all of a sudden has a creation that's mm-hmm. designed to turn off cloak and even fool uh, aspects of your immune system, your body had to learn to deal with it. And in uh, some cases, it can be fatal, which you have proven to be fatal. Yeah. I'm just noticing it's getting windier out there, too. So I don't have my, my emergency power supply yet. I have, uh, uh, I have yet to, to get that. Things have been busy. But uh, as soon as I get that, I won't worry so much. But if the show suddenly cuts out, you know, start another episode. Hopefully not. This is our anniversary show, so I'm really hoping the power stays on. But uh, that'll be taken care of uh, very, very soon. Um, but the idea of an expert, and, and to me, I was just thinking about how do we deal with this issue when people say, well, so-and-so is an expert, that usually comes to academic qualifications. They say Dr. Fascist is an expert because he's a doctor. Well, what kind of a doctor is he? Well, he's got a general medical degree. 
He he has no special training in immunology. He has no special training in virology, yet he heads up the National Institute of Health, you know, virology, the NIAID. What's that? The National Institute of uh, whatever it is, something in infectious diseases. But he's got no training in that. He's, you know, what the only thing he's an expert in is being a bureaucrat. He's an expert in keeping his job and he's an expert in propaganda and fear. That's what he's an expert in. So I don't care what your credentials are. Because we had uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Brunson on. This whole family, none of them are lawyers, and yet they've got a case before the Supreme Court. So when you say expert, we've got to get away from thinking of an expert by their academic qualifications and look at what they do. Lloyd Brunson is an, ex- is an expert in the Supreme Court and the Constitution and advocating his cause. He's an expert in that, even though he doesn't have a law degree. You know, Dr. Fascist is an expert in propaganda and bureaucracy. He's certainly not an expert in medicine. He's proven that. He killed about a million people here and God knows how many millions around the world. So if you want to talk about an expert, and I'm going to use this from now on. If someone says, well, so-and-so is an expert because they have a degree in what? Well, what are the results? How, you know, if they're a doctor, how many people have they saved as to how many people they've killed? Show me the results. Then I'll say if they're an expert or not. So it's a doing, not a learning thing. Anyway, what do you think? Well, it's, well, it, it, it depends on who's, who's listening to him. As I said before, you got mm-hmm. you know you can gain expertise by experience also, but mm-hmm. it depends on who's listening to him. If he's talking to someone who's scared, ignorant, well then it's going to stick with them more so than just pass over the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there's there's two experts in in COVID. They're the experts that say you have to not do early treatments, that you have to go to the hospital when you're really really sick that you're going to get remdesivir and you're going to be put on a ventilator. And that usually resulted in death. But those were experts. Those were government experts. Everybody yeah, and the only thing the CDC can do is give advice, right? Right. But here's the point, though. The people that the people considered the quacks, the charlatans, the, the conspiracy theorists, the people that said, take ivermectin, take hydroxychloroquine, you know, take vitamin D3, take zinc, take azithromycin so you don't get pneumonia. The people that said early treatment is where it's at. Don't take the jab. We don't know if it's going to work or not. We don't know what the long-term effects are. Those are the people that were considered the non-experts. Those are the people that were considered dangerous and the criminals. So we live in a strange world of Alice in Wonderland where the experts can kill a million people and be revered, and the, and the criminals who saved untold millions of people are vilified. That's a very strange world to live in. Pianchi. Well... <laughs> You got, and Pfizer made a lot of money. I think they well, we, profited like maybe the twelve or forty billion dollars last year. Okay, so, so, uh, so Pfizer is not an expert know, in. Yeah, and you ahead. know, you know, you know, when you start talking the truth, the people that come out mm-hmm. that dispels what you're saying are those who stand to make a fortune off of it, and mm-hmm. then the media, because the media would get the advertisement from those who stand to make a fortune off of it. Mm-hmm. Well, see, this is what fascism is. This is what people don't understand. Fascism is the, the merging, the amalgamation of, of corporate and government into a single tyrannical entity. And that's what we have. Actually, we have three parts. We have three-part fascism. It's the government, big pharma, and big tech. That is the, the triumvirate of fascism in this country today. And what, so what are the experts in? Well, big tech is an expert in censorship even though it's supposed to be social media. Big Pharma is an expert in making profits, even though it's supposed to help people with their health. Big government is supposed to regulate you know, both of them for the benefit of everybody and to guarantee our freedom and our rights, and yet they become the tyrannical force taking away our freedom and our rights. So everybody's doing exactly opposite of what they're doing. 
or what they're supposed to do, hence fascism. That's how I see it. Well, you know, the main thing that happened, and it should have raised eyebrows, is when companies like Moderna and Pfizer were uh-huh. given exemption from liability. How about that? Okay. How about that? The one industry with the unknown effect, with the billions of dollars, they didn't have to pay the research and development. They didn't have to pay for their advertising. They didn't have to pay for their marketing. They didn't have to pay anything, you know, to, for their, but they get all the profits from the, the, the gene altering permanently destroy. Well, not, I wouldn't say permanent. Actually, Judy Mikovits has said, no, you can recover from, your, from the, the jab. There's all kinds of uh, things you can do for yourself to stop the spike proteins, the microclots, uh, and the big blood clots and things like that. But anyway, but the point is that the experts are only experts in making money and taking away your freedom. And see, I don't care what their credentials. Mm-hmm. You who was damaged can sue at a state level, but I tried. The defense will. I tried. I proposed well, a lawsuit. In fact, I sent it to a bunch of lawyers. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. You can sue at a state level and get a favorable ruling, mm-hmm. but the defendant will appeal to the federal court. Thus, you come up underneath the Brandon administration, and that fact, what that 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 act where it says that they are not liable, will come into effect. Mm-hmm. And then they used all this to create stay-at-home, and they were able to put into play their ballots, their absentee ballots, which we know about them. So all of this stuff either was well planned. Our people took advantage of it, that is, the left, took advantage of it, it returned away. No, I think, I think the, the whole, the pandemic, as Judy Mikovits called it, was well planned. I think when it came to the Trump election, they became opportunistic. They said, what if we just advance this? I think it was originally supposed to be 2025. And uh, I'd heard that, and they said, I'm thinking that somebody there, the, the geniuses in, in, the, in the Marxist Democrat Party, and the controlled deep state folks said, we should do this early. We can not only, you know, scare the hell out of everybody and make uh, untold billions of dollars in, in, in profits, but uh, we can steal the election from, from Donald Trump, too. So I think they looked at it as initially planned, but then later opportunistic. And they just combined the two of them. And I can just see Hillary, when she realized this, jumping for joy, saying, we get a twofer. You know, uh, like she used to say, you know, you get, you get a twofer with her and Bill. You get, two, you get co-presidents. Well, they got a twofer. They got COVID. They got control. Um, and they got uh, and they got the presidency stolen. So it's it's a very interesting. Yeah, yeah and I and, and I lost a ton of listeners. <laughs> you know, which I'm trying to get back. You see, this is a thing too. Uh-huh. You lost ton of it, you lost a ton of listeners because yourself, like I complained about, we spend too much time trying to teach others the facts uh-huh. when they respond and behave to the emotions. Because when you put the facts out, the council and woke media would eliminate you. Okay, so that left people. And see, mm-hmm. people, the ignorance come in when people don't have the common sense to do the research that you did. Everybody's got that. Everybody has access to the same information that you had. Yeah. But they refer, deter to, I mean, refer to uh, listening to the hype. And the, the emotion of diatribe that <laughs> yeah. we heard. What experts, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, part of it. 
Well, if your base expert, Greg ain't an expert. Falfy is an expert. Look at his name. Look at the number. Yeah. And look at the letters behind his name. He's an expert. What yeah, is bamboo? I mean, uh, well, let's start redefining what an expert is, I, I, and just let's start judging experts by the results, you know. And when I when I'm eventually, you know, on liberal talk shows, <laughs> I'll make that point. Well, Dr. Fascist is an expert. Yeah, well, look at his results. You know, he lost a million people. What kind of an expert is that? You know, in fact, you can talk to the people that were saved by hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, uh, the people that are on the remdesivir ventilator death march. You can't talk to them because, unfortunately, tragically and needlessly, they're not here. But um, Let's let's. I want to focus a little bit on, on some other stuff here. So, Action Radio. How how did you discover us? How, what what are your early as we're in our anniversary show? What are your what are your early reminiscences about? Uh, how did you find me? I'm just curious. Do you remember? I'm walking down the walking down the street and tripped on a rock and fell against your door and it came open. There I was. <laughs> we we just like sort of going around different shows, sampling and stuff, or. Uh, did you read a description or something? I don't know if you remember. I'm just curious. It had to be a description. Okay. It had to be a description that checks my attention. Well, it's different. You know, we are unique in the world in, in what we do. And I think that's what uh, gets the folks here. See, I, I try not to deal with the past. I mean, I use news stories as a, as a method of, uh, you know, creating legislation for the future. This whole show is geared to the future. Uh, every other show, you know, as I, as I do my, my surf promo, I call it, every other show deals with what has happened. And we talk about what can happen. You know, the show with Lloyd Brunson, we, I wanted his story, and we got it. We got a great amount of it. But we also talked about the future, you know, working together with Action Radio. You know, he wants to help make us a, a household work. He might do a ton of marketing for us. We might go around the censorship. This is what I'm hoping. I've been trying for ever since COVID to find ways around the censorship. And asking people to share the shows and, and share the bills isn't working. It's just not. Otherwise, we'd, have, we'd be, you know, in the news by now. Um, but certain folks that they're really gutsy, the, the, our, our fellow patriots and independents and people that don't care, damn the torpedoes full speed ahead, those are the folks that are going to propel us with them. And we're going to work, we're going to help each other to make that breakthrough, you know. And once we break out of our big tech censorship, uh, you know, what's the expression? Katie bar the door? <laughs> you know, it's, it's going to be a big deal. And all the politics may change if, if what I'm hoping for happens that the citizenry you know, once they discover that they can do it and that it's working, will join us. Because no, no, nobody's, you know, very few are the, are the pioneers, you know, and we need more pioneers. But once we've got the pioneers, then we'll, then we'll get the masses. And I, we're, I don't think we're going to get the masses until they're convinced that it's already going to work. That, uh, that you well, know, it's, it's like nobody... Quite a bit to, Go ahead. It's going to take quite a bit to get the masses. And mm-hmm. another thing, uh, the left is going to try to use it as, as much as they possibly can because it works. It worked to achieve what their goals were on the short term. And how yeah. long they can make it work depends on uh, how long the uh, conservatism will will sit still until they start fighting back. Yeah. You can't yeah. sit still and fight back and let things roll off of you and then try to explain like we do in climate change, mm-hmm. uh, trying to explain about the – about uh, the formulas, CO2 and what it does and all. These people can't, can't, can't phantom that. They work on emotions. That's what they work on. And you have to come up with ways in order to fight them with the same fire that they fight you with. Mm-hmm. Well, the same thing with climate change. It didn't take me long to discover the carbon cycle. And as soon as I realized that the carbon cycle is essential for life and that uh, from Gregory Wrightstone, that the, the atmosphere is low in carbon, 
low in carbon dioxide, didn't take much to figure out that the burning of what they're calling fossil fuels, which we call organic fuels, is not only natural, but it might be required. That the Industrial Revolution came along right. at exactly the right time to burn petroleum, save the whales. Yeah, we, we saved the whales. But think about we this. Did. Go ahead. If you got kids coming out not knowing what damn sex they are, they're not going to compute what you just said. <laughs> well, see, that's why uh, uh, Judge Jackson should never have gotten on the Supreme Court, because any woman that can't tell what a woman is has no business being on the Supreme Court. You can't make that distinction? I don't want you looking at constitutional law. When, when she that said that the Second Amendment was fundamental, that's the same thing that Obama said, said that the Constitution is fundamentally flawed. Can't you see the, re- can't you see the, the uh, interrelations there? They most, both must be talking to each other. You know, when you have devious people speak to each other, they pick up on things and they will use it because it was impressive to them. You know, if she was talking to him, he already has a status above her that she's uh, willing to bow down to, and she would try to uh, pick up things that he used in order for to use herself in order to elevate her position. So they use the same words. From time to time. Well, it's fascinating. You look at that, too. And I did something with, um, what was I doing? Uh, I remember, that, maybe it was a post I was writing, but it was on the, the, the UN Declaration of Human Rights. I think I covered it yesterday. With Oh, yeah, that was the, uh, that restaurant, the, the um, Metzger Bar and Butchery, <laughs> which is an interesting name, the one that segregates uh, Christians. They don't serve Christians there. You know, we don't serve your kind here. And they were talking about universal rights and human rights. And, of course, that's right out of the U.N. Declaration of Rights, which is, which is basically a, a doctrine of slavery to the U.N. You know, because they said, well, all humans are the same. All humans deserve the same rights. And no human can impinge on the rights of any other human, you know, uh, because of dignity. And therefore, you can't say what you want if it offends somebody else. I mean, it's fascinating. Anyway, Calman uh, has, has a bunch of comments. Uh, on the on the show on, on my live chat here, so live chat actually works when people use it. Um, so let me just get the first couple of ones here. He says, uh, he says, I remember COVID's first appearance, and he talks about I agree, Fauci was way way something uh, too compromised with big pharma and very politicized at that. And he says, remember the vaccine was introduced three days after the 2020 election. That's interesting. I didn't know that. So Cameron, if you want to call in, feel free if you can, unless you're busy, which I understand. Um, but he says, remember the vaccine was introduced three days after the 2020 election. So that'd be November 3rd. That'd be November 6th. I thought it was later than that. I thought it was about mid-December when the, um, the folks on Capitol Hill got it. That's when Brian Sigmund got it. It was around in November. It was November? Okay, yeah, so, November. So, 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 you remember right, so when I'm, Trump, you you guys remember right. when Trump uh, cut off travel from China? Then you had uh-huh. the news and, and other pundits come out and said he was racist toward Asians. Uh-huh. See, that's so the why kind of thing that? you had to fight. You right. had so that, they, that's what you had to But why would they do that? Why would they say that, uh, you know, why would they take a known virulent disease? We didn't know it was a bioweapon yet, although I had Bill Gertz on uh, in 2020, uh, Washington uh, Times uh, foreign policy uh, national security correspondent. We got, you know, Dr. Peter Pry is the one that helped us get him on the show. Peter Pry helped us in more ways than you can possibly imagine. I haven't really talked about him a lot because, you know, he didn't really want credit for it. But unfortunately, he's passed on, so now I can tell stories. But he was invaluable to our show in so many ways. Anyway, uh, but the point is, why would, why would the powers that be, except for Donald Trump, want Chinese folks potentially carrying COVID to come to the United States? Why would they call that racism? What, what was in their interest to bring COVID here? Well, it, I can't well, – we can speculate on what their interest was. But we surely can't speculate on how they treat it. 
Donald Trump. Everything mm-hmm. from the uh, the Jim conversation that he had mm-hmm. with the other uh, gym mates about women, and it just went on and on and on. And by at that time, the public, those that's the unsuspected and un uh, the public that don't know how to do their own research and mm-hmm. just look for one thing, which is buzzword, they perceive him as being racist. You still got people today that comment on what he said rather than what he done. Look at the people who said that when they filed their income tax, they didn't get as much back this year as they did the years before, not knowing that, well, it showed up on your weekly pay period. They yeah, they didn't take out, take out as much, much because yeah. of his tax. See, that's where the media could have changed the perception. See, the problem is that people, people don't know Donald Trump. They know what the media wants them to know about Donald Trump. They know what the left wants them to know about Donald Trump, but they don't actually see the accomplishments. So the accomplishments have been hidden and downplayed, and yet everything that they can pick on to make him look less, quote, presidential. I mean, Barack Obama, you know, was made up to look very presidential as he screwed the country over and, uh, you know, uh, created any number of things all the way up to various treasons against this country, you know, selling us out. You know, putting a bunch of, of, of Marxists in the government, a bunch of Marxist judges in, you know, all the other things that he did. You know, he had no relationship with the Constitution and he has no allegiance to this country. You know, we talked about that, uh, I think, off the air, that uh, you can't be raised in three different countries uh, and have the same allegiance to this country as you could, you know, if you were born here and lived your life here. Or maybe spent, you know, some time but outside. But, view, but, yeah, go ahead. That view had already been assigned a space called racism and white supremacy. Mm -hmm. That racism and white supremacy that are anti-black, even anti-black before anti-Obama. See, that's what uh, those type of statements, the facts really, is what would have been relegated as being racist toward Obama, the first black president. They don't want to see that. Then you had all kind of other things like, well, whites are scared that they're going to be a minority. They're not having babies and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that's, See, that's really funny. That's what you, have. you know, when I, and all the time I was in San Francisco and all the time that we knew that, that white people were a minority because everybody was a minority. I don't remember a single white person saying, you know what? I hate living in San Francisco. I'm a minority. Never happened. White people don't care. And I can't really speak for white people, but uh, all the folks I know. And all the people that I've talked to, never once did that issue come up. And we talked about it, you know, things like, well, we make fun of affirmative action saying we want our reparations too. You know, but the point was that in San Francisco, it's a really great microcosm of the country because despite the fact it's being run by a bunch of Marxists now, the people of San Francisco, if you go just to the people, you know, you're about one quarter black, about one quarter uh, Asian, about one quarter white, and about one quarter Hispanic with lesser percentage. You know, you got other folks thrown in there as well. Um, but that's, that's the group. And so with, a, with a, a, a place where everybody's a minority, you know, nobody can claim majority status or, or really can claim victim status, even though they do. So the, so the white folks in San Francisco, wait a minute, we're a minority too. Where's my affirmative action? Really kind of funny. And they anyway, try to take advantage to that? of this. What's that? Just like Trump, like Trump was, Trump had a ban on travel from China to the United States during the prelude of COVID. Okay. So the left, that was labeled as being racist. Then they came up with an Asian anti-hate bill, which <laughs> falls right into them. So what they've done is went out and yet a kowtow to another group. Like it was announced yesterday that Biden 
uh, the Congress has signed a bill, or Biden signed a bill that uh, makes it so women athletes are paid the same as male athletes, something to that effect. Even though they generate they talk about billions less, fewer dollars. That's interesting. We're talking uh, we about to, Griner and her group. Well, she's not even that's a... That's who they're talking not, about. She's a dude, not a chick, as far as I know, but that's another story. Hey, yeah, listen, but they're talking, about, Go ahead. they're talking about the Women National Basketball Association. Uh-huh. They always have had these rumors of these uh, excuses that women should be paid the same as the NBA, the men. Well, well then if they do the same Biden work and generate the same income... More, but they don't generate the same income. They don't generate the same income. And here's another thing. Federal uh-huh. government has nothing to do with that because each of those players sign an individual contract. They are yep. not under the anti-Sherman, anti-trust act of anti-Sherman, and they are not collective bargainers. They sign individual contracts. Yeah, no, that's true. Hey, listen, we got Wendy on the line. So because it's our anniversary show, I'm going to play the theme that I play for the folks that, uh, you know, my reporters when they call in. So I'm going to play this and we'll get to Wendy. Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This it's Christianity with a kick. <laughs> so one of our long-standing reporters from way back at the beginning. I want to know how you for that. How did we meet? You know, how did you get on this show? Hi, Wendy. Hey. Good morning. Good morning, Bianchi. Good morning to all of our listeners. Um, I think we met because um my daughter Harmony is is we were mutual friends on Facebook. Yeah, and then we got to know you, then I got to know you and the, the rest is history. Yeah, Harmony's a great friend of mine. Um but uh yeah, and so uh so then you know, we we got connected and then had you ever done radio before? Was this a new experience? What's uh, so what what's your what's your take on 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 your experience uh, with Action Radio? I'm just curious. Uh well, um Back in Mariana, Florida, um, I was a DJ back when you actually had to spin records. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> and, and What's a record? Cart. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, and use, use uh, carts for all the commercials and stuff um, that in, at a little Christian radio station that we had in, in town and um, had a, a great time doing that one. And then um, I actually had a um, – I was co-host with – Sandy Simmons, who is now going to be with the Lord, uh, on WEBY, as a matter of fact, um, for a short time. So well, that's interesting. Um, yeah. See, I'd forgotten these details, or, or we hadn't talked about it, but it's, it's, it's uh, so you, you got some experience. So you're, you're, you're one of us radio people. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I did a lot of my own commercials and stuff when I was in real estate in, in Alabama and Florida, so it, mm-hmm. it was was just fun to me, you know. Um, and what what I really enjoy about Action Radio um, is that the the creativity flow is never stymied, is <laughs> never stifled, is never you're never told you can't do that. <laughs> that's that's because right. the boss is a little deranged, you know, and he lets me do whatever I want to do. So you know, it's like okay. <laughs> well, m- my favorite. Um, 
memory, I, I guess, or, or incident. We'll call it the, the great incident of, of 2018, <laughs> I think, um, is if you will uh, play the, the art report intro. Oh, we, yes. We had the biggest debacle over <laughs> that intro because we we could not um agree on on the intro at all <laughs> but but greg being who he is um decided that he would have his little silk robe and ascot um <laughs> form of an intro which is well, not is. me in any way shape or form <laughs> <laughs> well let's play it this is this is this is reminiscence time this is why i leave these things on the uh, the audio clip file so here was the i think we went through about six of these and then i just said i'm going to do what i want which is Pretty much what I do around here anyway. Here it is. When all about is corruption, debauchery, and anarchy. When everyone is losing their way, buried in a mountain of fake news and propaganda. There is a place you can go where beauty and poetry of the mind get to play. Where is that place? Where is that space of wonder and magic? Where else? The Action Radio Arch Report with Wendy Arthur. <laughs> I still love that. That was a classic. So when are you going to start the art report again? Um, not sure. It won't be till spring for around here, that's for sure. Well, We're I was all covered joking. in I didn't, snow right now. I didn't, I didn't expect you to start it again, but I just, if you want to, I mean, it's certainly, we could, uh, we could certainly use an art report okay. uh, because we have a, in fact, we have a, what's interesting about the way Action Radio developed, and all this is improvised because there's no guidelines. Nobody's ever done action radio. No one's ever connected the citizen legislature to a radio show. So we're all pioneers here. Every one of us is, is creative. And, of course, my first rule is that there are no rules. <laughs> you know, we just got to see what happens. And it, it's much more fun. And Wendy has the most infectious gaff. Excuse me. That's laughing. I was going to say. Anyway, you have the most infectious laugh I've ever heard. It's, it's, I wish I – we'll have to get a recording of your laugh. I, wanna, you know, I don't have a laugh track. I just want to get you. So, so sometime we'll – if there's a way – so the way to edit that laugh uh, into into my show, when I get a really stupid comment from somebody, I'll just play that. Yeah, like the last laugh is on me. Exactly. That's right. So, so we we got to record this somehow and, and and make use of it. Anyway, so the art part was fun, and what I what I discovered I could do was create a Facebook group basically for each report. So Wendy Arthur, when she did the art report, we have an Action Radio art project, and we have some fabulous art. Uh, which includes music and includes different things. Uh, I think I even put sailing ships on there and, and uh, tree houses. You know, so it's a very interesting place to go. So anything, art's a pretty wide open subject to me, and it's critical. So this is an all-encompassing show. It's not just a news and politics show. It's everything. Uh, it's art, it's music, it's philosophy. You know, we have the Oh My God group. We even have, we have things like family law, economics project. We have the international news group. We have two new groups now. We've got uh, uh, the Trump 2024 group. Uh, we've got the Election Integrity Project. And so most times reporters get their own group within Facebook to, to promote, to talk about stuff, and a place where I can put articles that are relevant to the show. So we actually coordinate our social media with groups relevant to uh, the reporters that are here. We've got the Legal Project with Jonathan Mosley. You know, we've got uh, different folks. I, I, don't have a, I don't have a sex group yet. I don't know if I want to start that for Dorothy Diana and the, the Sex and Sensuality Report, but uh, I'll work on that. <laughs> that. That might attract a, a different crowd. The, you know, the non-serious, yeah. you know, the, yeah, exactly. So I'll, I may hold off on that. Well, actually that goes to uh, life and health coaching. We have a life and health uh, coaching uh, group and that's where, uh, you know, we can discuss those things on a serious level as opposed to all you, you porn stars out there that want to post things on what you think is going to be in my group ain't going to happen. 
So, so much for that. Back to you, Wendy, on that note. <laughs> well, I'm kind of proud how uh, the art group and the Oh My God group has been growing uh, quite a bit lately. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I'm I'm glad to see people posting, you know, their stuff and, and commenting on things. So I'm I'm very happy about that. And and all of the groups seem to be growing and, and um I'm glad that you're gonna be branching out onto uh different platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Rumble We're actually, and Twitter and well, like well Twitter I I've been I've been posting my show for four years. I've always posted my show on Twitter. It just has never developed the following because whatever algorithms are, are blocking me, and I have a new 90-day restriction uh, on Facebook. They say my posts, which are already low in the newsfeed, are even lower now. I don't know how much lower they can go. So they, I'm probably at the, the bottom of the sea, you know, platform at this point. So, so if you want to find my posts, you have to look for us. Okay, so go to you know my page, Greg Penglis, most of which is public now. Uh, Action Radio with Greg Penglis, where he posts the shows. And if you go to the groups section of Action Radio with Greg Penglis, you'll find about 21 to 22 groups. I've lost count. We're having way too much fun. Uh, and so I'm hoping yeah, to get our younger I, folks I would, interested in the, the students. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I'd I, I like to point people over to the, to the uh, Action Radio Vax group, you know, vaccination group, all the info on there, because some really, really good info is coming out on that um, page as well. Um, so especially like since the CEO of Pfizer finally, you know, I mean, actually out loud said it on video, you know, that the group is, that the whole organization's goal is to reduce the population by 50%. And, and so far they're on track, he says. Mm, so and if, if you, if people have not been keeping up with, with all the people dropping dead lately, I mean, like in droves and, and they'd never say why they just say, Oh, heart related or whatever. Well, that's all from the vax y'all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, rare form of cancer. Hear the buzzwords: died suddenly, unexplained cause. Yes, a rare form of cancer, uh, a rare heart condition. Uh, as, as, that, those are all COVID jabs. You know, in fact, I have a, a very yep. good friend of mine with COVID right now, uh, and uh, who had you know two jabs, and I, and I pleaded with him, please don't do this. You know, and um, you know they had good reasons for doing it, but uh, they thought, but I, I I still said don't do it. You know, and all the folks that are getting COVID now. Uh, almost all of them have had the jab because that's what the jab does. It destroys your immune system, gives you COVID, and, and in many cases kills you with blood clots and other things. So I'm just horrified with what might happen. So this affects me personally. You know, we lost our webmaster. He yep. was killed by the hospital. Uh, Eric Colley was killed. Yep. You know, his wife Sharon, yep. really good friend of mine now and a friend of the show. Uh, she posts on the Oh My God group. Some pretty amazing stuff. Um, you know, yep. Dr. Peter Pry. Dr. Pry, Dr. Pry got the jab six months before he died in August. Coincidence? I don't think so. You know, yeah, um, and he was a personal either. friend. So we've lost. You know, this affects us personally here, and I think it affects everybody personally. Well, they're just not they're not connecting like like oh, those of us who know what's going on are doing. Wendy. Well, if you'll notice, um, uh, most of the recent deaths, in, like in the last four months, have been um, athletes mm-hmm. and actresses and actors. They are dropping yeah. like flies. Well, those are the ones we're because hearing they about. they were required right. to get the jab. Yeah. You know, and now it's, it's coming to fruition. And just like this latest actress, I don't remember her name, um, they said bacterial infection. That's another thing that your body does when it doesn't have an immune system. You, you are affected by absolutely everything. So That's like AIDS. I, uh, and, just, and Judy Mike, if it said that there was AIDS, you know, virus or, or, in, or HIV virus in, um, in the, the COVID jab. 
And so that makes sense yeah, that all the things that, that yes. kill people with AIDS are, are now killing. It destroys your immune system. So this is, this is the perfect yes. marketing scheme if you're, if you're a Holocaust you know, medical person because it kills people. No, it does. It's a perfect marketing scheme, right? So it kills yeah. people. And they think that the cure for it is more, more of what they're calling a vaccine. So the vaccine is not a vaccine. Uh, it will not prevent the disease because the people that are getting it have gotten the so-called vaccine, which is a, a gene-altering jab. Um, and yet, and then they say, well, you need more of it. You need more. And they're still coming out. Dr. Fascist, yep. the, as I said before, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine drug pusher is coming out again. Got to get, gotta get current. Yes, got to stay current with your jab. You know? And uh, you know, it, it's like, here's some cyanide. Uh, well, it killed me. Well, that's because you didn't take enough of it. I mean, that's that kind of logic. You know, if cyanide kills you, and they well, say, well, that was the problem. You didn't have enough cyanide. Otherwise, you would have been fine. That makes, that's irrational, exactly. but that's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, yes, and, and I think that if the lungs are going to be pushing this, then they should also pay for people to make their will out when they take the jab. Yeah. How about a, how about a disclosure form? Well, just to, yeah, yeah I mean, it's inten- do you remember the, the, the Senator Johnson hearing? where one of the doctors um, brought out the, the, the insert and it said intentionally left, left blank on both sides. And this is normally filled with yep. like a small book's worth of information. And there's nothing there. Exactly. Why? Very small because print. they can. Yeah. Would you put a medicine into your body knowing that the company who made it has absolutely no liability and, and no malpractice liability for, for whatever happens to you? Exactly. And writeyourbills.com, people. Go, go get that bill and share it that's oh. right put out there. Wendy, I hate, I hate to do this. Writeyourlaws.com. Didn't I just say that? You said writeyourbills.com. Oh, sorry. Writeyourlaws.com. I'm... <laughs> so, those, so those that are new to the show, let's do, it, let's do it officially here. Writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. WriteYourLaws.com. And to find the bill we're talking about, you want to go to our, our main page. So you got the home page. Then if you, go, if you click on the menu bar, legislation, legislation, and you scroll down uh, three of them, all proposed laws, that's where you'll find our vaccine product liability bill. You'll find our bill that will eliminate big tech censorship. I change about four lines of law. That's all it takes. You just have to do that. With the vaccine product liability, you just have to take out the word shall not be liable and say shall be fully liable. That's about it. But a couple of word changes. That's all it takes, you know, to change everything. Um, the thing I, I didn't know about Action Radio and citizen legislation was how simple the writing of the, of the actual bills really is. The explanations are more complicated, but actually changing the laws, changing the things you have to change in law, you can change, you know, five to ten words and have it be completely different. It's really fascinating. Yep. And I had no idea. That's well, n- hmm. nobody in Congress writes their own anyway. They form we did a out. show on that. I think we've done a couple of shows on that. Yep. Yeah. In fact, uh, I post that in uh, – where did I post that? In the legal project or some of the places. Yeah, Congress, is, Congress hasn't written a bill. No member of Congress has written a bill in about, what, 10 years or more, Probably. maybe 20? Not yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's interesting to note that we, we individuals here at Action Radio, write more legislation than not only Congress has in 20 years, but all those so-called – you know, uh, uh, conservative groups like Heritage, Cato, Hoover, all you folks out there that are donating millions of dollars for people that are, that are having really nice luncheons on your donations, I got a better place. Yeah. GiveSendGo.com slash Action Radio. Let me say that again. GiveSendGo.com slash Action Radio because we do take action. We have a variety of bills. We will teach you how to write a bill. I'll have you on the air if you've got a good idea. I'll help you write a better bill. 
you go to uh, writeyourlaws.com and you click on legislation. The first thing there is all is, is propose a new law. So anybody can write a bill. In fact, Pianchi, I wanna, I'm curious, I want to get you back here with your experience writing your first bill uh, or just writing bills in general. So you go to writeyourlaws.com, click on legislation, propose a new law. I'm going to get your name, uh, your email, which is confidential, but I need that to get back to you to get you on the show. Uh, we get the title of the bill, a couple of silly questions that are required by Internet stuff, uh, and then the content of your bill. And that's it. Then you submit it to me, and I'll take a look. If it's a good idea, if it promotes freedom, if it applies equally to everybody, you know, there's a chance it'll be post, and I'll have you on the show. That's how it works. Wendy, have you written a, did you write a bill, Wendy? Go ahead, Wendy. No, no, I've not written a bill yet. Um, I'm, what I'm thinking is, you know, somebody could really make this like a little um, side hustle. You know, if, if they go on Fiverr <laughs> and say, mm-hmm. I'll write your bill for, for 10 bucks. You know, just, you know, what, what, what's on your mind? What would you like to see change? <laughs> Well, I, I thought about competition. Yeah, the hustlers out there. There is only one RightYourLaws.com. I own it. It's mine. It's not going anywhere. That's uh, and right. So that's the original. So anything else you see, you know, to write your fantasy, you know, dot org or something like. No, that's different. <laughs> that's us. That, that's uh, very so. different. <laughs> What's that? I said that's very different. So yeah, this y'all are the real deal. You know, the yeah, write your but there might be. But there could be a writeyourlaws.org or something else like that. Someone's going to try and copy us, and someone's going to try and uh, do what we do, which is actually, when we get to that point, that means we're, we're making some headway. Um, but, uh, but it's interesting. I thought about this the other day, and I thought, who's going to compete with us? Well, the conservatives really can't because they don't have any ideas. And the leftists, well, they're already, they're already <laughs> writing the Marxist laws, so they don't need us. So, uh, so the only yeah. people, that are going to, the people that are going to come to us are the independents, the folks in the middle. Conservatives don't want to change anything, and they're, they're you know, the gelding old party, the GOP. They're dead in the water. Um, and, the, and like I say, the Marxists already have Congress lobbyists, billions of dollars, George Soros, you know, uh, Bill, uh, Bill Gates, whatever. Anyway, those people. So the Marxists are already writing well, the laws. More Congress people, isn't writing them. Yeah, and more and more people are, are becoming independents anyway because they're sick of both parties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have yet to uh, – uh, the car's in the shop, but, but I'm, you know, and when the weather warms up, I'm going to go, not only am I thinking of un, unregistering as a Republican, and I was not registered Republican after the 2020 election. I, I changed it to independent because I'm not going to belong to a party that refused to investigate their own stolen election. So, yep. but, now I'm, but now I'm thinking of Florida because they make your information so public. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm thinking of unregistering to vote completely and just re-registering you know, before the 2024 uh, primaries. Maybe like a few weeks before uh, whatever the deadline to register is, but I, I don't, you know, why why are we stay registered to vote and let the government have access to our information when there's no elections? Just a well, thought. once you're in the system, you're in the system anyway. You can unregister if you want to, but they still have your information. Yeah, well, so that that was the problem. I was hoping that wouldn't happen, but you never know. I, you know, I, I have a bill. <laughs> I have a bill <laughs> to which our our latest superstar. <laughs> um, have you ever heard Brianna Cannon on Tuesdays? Our sixteen year old wonder kid. No. Oh, she's brilliant. No, but I, I talked to her by email. Oh, okay. Uh, but what's fun about Brianna is she's now getting sarcastic with me, which is great. You know, so there's this kid, right? she gets on the show, and she says, I'm thinking of writing a welfare bill. And I said, oh, we already have one if you want to take a look at it. And then she says, of course you do, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the, it's, it's, this was Tuesday. It's the way she said it. So, uh so definitely, we, we've got some amazing uh, young folks on the show right now, and I've got to get Amber back. Amber's you know, busy with college, but she did some constitution reports, and she's the one that, that brought Brianna to the show, and she wrote a bill that uh, anybody running for office 
or the people in office have to take the, the uh, citizenship immigration test to see if they know anything about the, the job that they're doing. And uh, so that was, that awesome. was very interesting. Oh, it's a great bill. Yeah, it's, it's on writeyourlives.com. So those are the kind of things that get on. And the opportunities here are endless, you know, because I, I've, I've known way too many restrictions in my life. I've, I've heard no, you know, from the day I was born, you know, until being fired <laughs> at, at, at WBY. So no is, no is like a constant in my life. No, you can't do this. No, you can't study this. No, you can't work at this. No, you can't start that on a job. No, 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 friggin' no. And so now, the, you know, to, to counter all the no's out there, I'm just the opposite. What do you want to try? What do you want to write? You know, hey, you wrote a great bill. You want to come on the show? Great. Hey, you're great on the show. You want to have your own report? I mean, this, this, is, this is how this works. Hey, you got a friend that wants to do something? Yes, bring him on too. Let's give them a report. You know, and so there's there's no limits here. Yeah. Well, just a, and, you know, just and a couple, it's actual you know. freedom, and people don't know how to deal with that sometimes. That is a great question. Hey, now that I got you, let me um, let me ask you something that I found just before the show. Uh, I was thinking, you know, in my mind, the the phrase you hear Christmas time: "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." So I looked it up, and, mm-hmm. it, and I found this website. So that's the King King James Bible version. I said, okay, what else has it got? Then it had the Berean Literal Bible. And there's a couple of different ones. And that said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And think, wait a minute. <laughs> this is the Wendy question. <laughs> so if you could that's, enlighten that's me. True. Okay. So tell me. Yeah. Because that, that's one of the, the fruits of the spirit. Is There's nine fruits of the spirit listed in the scriptures. And peace mm-hmm. is one of them. And it, it's not for everyone it's for those who um are who made jesus their lord and savior that's because that's the only way you get the holy spirit is is you know when jesus is your lord and savior and then the holy spirit come and indwells you and and so you have access to all nine fruits of that spirit and do you remember so what they are offhand can you can you tell me all nine by chance uh, uh, um you yeah. don't have to i'm just and you know i'm just curious well, and I, I'm going to get to that, but what I would like to do um, is also highlight um, the last part of that verse. Okay. Because it lists, it lists the nine fruits of the Spirit, um, and then it says, against which there is no law. I just love that. So. <laughs> Okay, so, um, so translate for me. So in other words, man's law cannot counter God's law. Even if man creates a law, it's not going to have any effect. Or it's not, or how, help me out here. Because yeah, um, it, what it's saying is um, all the things that are, is produced by the Holy Spirit in you, mm-hmm. there's no law against that. Even man's law is not against that. Right. Okay. So it's it, it's kind of um, and so all these people who are are saying oh we we got to get um, rid of all you know of God and everything and and we, we can't have any of that because it just limits you so much and it's like <laughs> um, really because it says <laughs> against which there, you know there is no law so. Um, Anyway, I'll, I'll let me this get to This is where we need little... uh, Gomer Pyle. Surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Golly. <clears throat> I need more soundtracks. Okay. As we do impressions. Um, but yeah, in, yeah. You will find um, the fruits of the Spirit in the book of Galatians mm-hmm. in chapter 5, okay? Mm-hmm. 
and and in verses starting in 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Oh, I get it. So, so you can be the best person that you can, and there could be no law against those things. That's 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 pretty profound. Glad I had you on. I thought we were gonna have a light day today, but guess not. <laughs> actually, this is looking <laughs> better. Pianchi. Well, this is wonderful news, you know. I mean, it is wonderful and, news. And if no, you don't it's just have that you these, can, yeah, they can't be taken away from you. you it's like have, our birthrights. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and it's, it's, he's saying if if you don't have these in your life, if you don't have love, if you don't have joy or peace or long-suffering, which is patience, um, mm-hmm. gentleness, um, if you don't have goodness and faith and meekness and temperance, then you can have those things if you follow Jesus right. um, and, and you know, invite him to be the Lord of your life. And, and when that happens, the Holy Spirit indwells you, and you get access to all these things in your life. So if there's something on, on this list of nine that is not in your life that you would really like to have in your life, well, there you go. Yeah, it's interesting. You said long suffering uh, is patience, and that's a very different interpretation than most people would say. I want to get Pianca in the conversation in a bit too, um, but uh, that's that seems different. Or temperance, you know, which people might put as as, as you know tolerance or something else. But it's interesting. You got to you really have to focus in on the words and what they mean. Yes. Well, it's it, that's why it's my thing is I I don't really go by the King James um, because of the way it's worded. Um, like what changes you, the meaning? Um, it completely changes the meaning. You know, it's it, like yeah, uh, glory to God in the highest yeah. and peace, goodwill toward men, regardless. I mean, you could just add good, goodwill toward men, regardless. You could put that in there with the King James well, version. But the Berean version that you were talking about. Uh huh. Um, it they they list the fruits as, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, a quiet mind. Kind acts, well-doing, faith, gentle behavior, control over desires, and against such there is no law. So you see, there's it's quite quite different depending on what language you're going to use. Yeah, there's no law against being a good person, <laughs> you know, and uh, having the spirit of Jesus. It's, it's really quite fascinating. Pianki, do you want to get back into this here? And then I'll ask you about uh, your your bill writing no, experience. I'm listening. I'm okay. listening. It's very interesting. Well, I don't want you to feel neglected. You know, we're, uh, you know, I, I try and, and, and balance everything here, so uh, we get we get all kinds of points of view. Even the people that disagree with us, which happened uh, a little bit. Uh, remember when uh, we got uh, Calman is still typing things like crazy here. So if you go to live chat, there's a bunch of stuff there. Let me see if I can. Uh, uh, okay, still back on, on COVID stuff. There we go. Okay, so anyway, so go to live chat, take a look. calman has got a really interesting discussion going there. If anybody wants to join him, feel free. And Calman, if you want to join us here too, uh, that'd be cool. But let me ask Pianchi, your experience writing a bill from from the first bill to your uh, probably the best one is the separation of the federal and the state ballots. How's that been? My experience with writing the bill. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, before that one, I had the ID for illegal. Remember? Yep. Yeah, in fact, at one point we even yeah. talked about microchipping, which caused a lot of controversy, and, and we found that uh, biometrically that's not the most efficient way to do it. But I've talked about uh, having you know illegal aliens on reservations while they're waiting for the court date. 
you know, we've, we've, we've explored some pretty controversial things here. Um, but uh, we, we decided on different courses as to how best to do it. I still like the reservation idea. You know, it, we, it, we it, had, makes, it makes good sense because I know for sure, mm-hmm. almost positive, that some of the uh, individuals that represent me on both state and federal election, like I have said before, the day before they were elected, they didn't know jack about what they were running for. They really don't. And it shows. Yeah. You have some real idiots in public office. Well, I've never wanted to be in public office, really. Uh, I can't be president because I was born in Canada. But I wouldn't, you know, want it anyway. I think the whole restarting action radio is that we, the citizenry, I think can be far more effective. And the biggest reason is we're not dependent on money uh, from special interests to, to uh, you know, live our conscience and have our conscience come out, uh, you know, in bills. So that to me is, is a totally different philosophy, totally different way of doing things. And so the ability of people to write bills um, I think it's incredible. I think we just lost Wendy, uh, but uh, hopefully she'll call back in a little bit. But um, yeah, and if any of our other reporters want to want to check in, this is this is a good day to do. It. This is kind of fun. Um, I still have an interview I want to play in a little bit here on Waterfront Mission, but we can chat, you know, for a bit, and then uh, and then I'll get I'll play a couple things, and I'll get to that. But um, you know, for do you have friends that would like to try this experience or or? Uh, you know, is there a better way that I could do it? Is is the website clear and you know in how it's presented so that uh, if you do nothing about writing a bill, you could, you could do it pretty well? I mean, that's what I've tried to do. Anything we can improve on? Back to you, Bianchi. He's busy. He's running. Away. He's making coffee. He's left me uh, to yeah, do what, one along again. What did you say? Did you, re- did you repeat no, that just, again? Well, I was just curious from, from your experience writing bills with the writeyourlaws.com website. Uh, is there anything we can improve on? Is it pretty straightforward? I mean, we've all tried to make it through trial and error uh, as simple and as straightforward and as easy to understand as, as it can be. Um, and then uh, just to, um, you know, for people to write the bills and then to come on the show. But the actual act of writing a bill is difficult. People don't know. So that's why I have people on the show. And we work on it. We make their bills better. Now, this is kind of like Top Gun, <laughs> Top Gun you know, citizen legislation here. We'll make you better. But um, anything we can improve on that you can think of website-wise? Well, maybe if you explain to people exactly what they was doing, uh, and maybe that you already have gotten that. But the whole well, the premise behind people. Yeah. The homepage is for that. People should have the, the right homepage. to write the laws uh-huh. on which they want to be ruled by yeah. is, a, is, a great, is a great thing, really. Well, thank you. I'm not searching for compliments here. I really want to know if there's suggestions, which you're always welcome to make. But our mission statement, we the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. So it's kind of like the Second Amendment. There's two parts to it. So the first part is that we give our consent because uh, th- th- that was the question that really started Action Radio. Um, you know, bike riding. You know, San Francisco Bay, I'm on the Oakland side. I'm thinking to myself, how do we give our consent to be governed? You know, the only thing that came to mind was elections and letters and, you know, things like that, but mostly elections. I thought, I don't want to just give my consent to be governed on election day. I want to be able to give my consent to be governed every day. This is before I even thought of the citizen legislature and, and the whole thing that we've created here. But that was what really started it. You know, so how do we give our consent to be governed? That's the question that, 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 I, that my answer was action radio, was citizen legislation was the ability of anybody to write a bill that may end up on, on the president's desk and become the law of the land, you know, to improve the laws that are already there that are there for the special interests. We want bills in everybody's interest. And that's how it came about. 
Any questions for me? I don't think you've asked me any questions. Action radio stuff, anything. And then I'm going to play an interview. Is Wendy gone? Yeah, Wendy left. She had to go. Oh, she probably had to take care of something. Up. Well, I mean, you know. Oh, okay. She's, she's probably got stuff to take care of, which I understand. Um, but, uh, yeah. And if she, you know, hey, listen, she was here. <laughs> I don't see anybody else checking in except you and me. <laughs> so, where are the rest of my reporters? You know, we'll we'll see what's going on. You know, I would like to see the repeal of the Seventeenth uh, Amendment. Yeah, a lot of people would. You know, and so that would be great. That would be wonderful. And for those who don't know, the Seventeenth, if I have it right, um, is is the one that would uh, put the senators back where they belong, being appointed or elected by their state legislatures. Absolutely. Yep. Sixteenth Amendment would be good the way too. It now, yeah. not, mm-hmm. The Go way ahead. it is now is nothing more than a. It's a, it's a circus, really. Mm-hmm. And the uh, those senators don't address the immediate concern of the uh, their constituents because they're so far away from them. They're, they're at the state level, mm-hmm. complete state, whereas your representative for that legislature and your senator for that legislature is uh, much closer. So, no, they should go back to the way it was intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. See what people, the the way that the government was set up by the the founders in the constitution, the house, the members of the house are elected by the people in in a district. Uh, The Senate is elected by the states, by the state legislatures. And that's how the states get representation in in Congress. The house represents the people directly. The Senate represents the states directly and the states collectively uh, vote for the president through the electoral college. And the president is responsible for the United States to the world. That's how it's supposed to work. And so when you take the states out of it, you know, you move closer to, to dangerous democracy. Uh, and that way, the, see, the people can be bought. You know, the people can be influenced. The people can get a, a government indoctrination instead of an education. The people can have all kinds of influence. The people can be scared to death. We know what happened with COVID. And so the people, you know, you, you, it's nice to have, you know, it's sort of a nice idea. Yeah, majority rule. But in practice, because of human nature, what you really need is guaranteed rights, Guaranteed individual rights and strict limits on the power of government. And that's, where, that's why a republic is the, is the best form of government, because a republic guarantees individual rights, guarantees due process, a presumption of innocence, and it splits the power of the federal government uh, with the states. So the federal government gets a limited responsibility through the Constitution, which is ratified by the states. So the states are the ultimate power in this country. Actually, the people are the ultimate power because the people control the states. The states control the federal government. That's how it's supposed to work. Since it didn't work in practice, I created Action Radio for the sole purpose of, of the people writing bills that basically give us what we already should have had, which is, which is the ability to, to write the laws that we consent to be governed by, which implies that the governments will enforce the laws that we consent to be governed by. So that's the second part of it. And I probably should state that somewhere. Um, but the, if, if we write the laws that we consent to be governed by, that forces the government to, to, use, those, to use the laws that we consent to be governed by. That's an ideal system. Well, not ideal, but that's, that's the best system I can think of. Jackie, make sense? That's well said. That's well said. Oh, and thank you. getting back to one important thing mm-hmm. is that you have to have an educated, well-educated populace. Yep. Non-government educated. Well, I'll tell and, you what. And, you know, here's another point, too. You, okay. It, see, and also the... These immigrants that come in need to be, they have to be schooled because they're coming in with a 
bias based on where uh, they grew up at, where they lived at, right. and where they where they coming from. And I mean, they're still gonna bring those tendencies, like we seen that in pre-COVID time. There was a run at the stores on toilet tissue and milk. Well, uh, I think it was the president of Venezuela made mention uh, that uh, whenever they have a calamity in that country and also in those southern countries, that's what mm-hmm. people have uh, have done. They run to the stores on toilet tissue and milk. Of course, there's some other things too, but those two things major. And we had no shortage of toilet paper and milk until people artificially started hoarding it for no reason other than the mass psychosis. It's really quite fascinating. Let me take um, let me stop here for a bit. I want to uh, I want to take a break. I'm going to play a couple of our uh, of our commercials announcements, and I want to get to an interview. Bianchi, I think you're going to like this one too. So, well, let me set it up when we come back. Let me play a couple things first, then I'll then I'll set up the interview and tell you uh, what's going on. So, hang on, everybody. I'll be back. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news! Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. 
that is Action Radio. Yes, and I want to credit Ohlone College in Fremont, California, and the radio broadcast program with teaching me how to make those things, <laughs> because otherwise I wouldn't know how to do it. Um, so at whatever age you are, if you want to try something, go back to school. You know, check out a course, check out a, uh, you know, whatever program you think you might want to do, and who knows? You know, you, you might end up exactly where you want to end up. So, uh, so I like a little plug for them. They're, they're, I'm going to see if I can get them back on the show. Um, I was actually a college DJ for a while, you know, KOHL. You know, and with my, my deep voice, they had all these 18-year-old college DJs. And this is KOHL, Fremont, uh, you know, Ohlone College, Fremont, California. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Um, Pianchi, uh, I've got a, I got kind of a treat for you. I think you're going to like this one. I was trying to figure what would be a great interview to do on our anniversary show or a replay of an interview um, on our anniversary show and uh, Christmas. And so I found this uh, interview with uh, Paul Stadden, who starts it. He actually used to be on um, every month. He was the, the uh, communications director, the, uh, the person for the, water, the Waterfront Mission. And so for the folks in this area, uh, we all know who the Waterfront Mission is. It's a, it's a fabulous mission. It was started after World War II, uh, literally drunken sailors. You know, it was a, <clears throat> this is a big Navy town. Pensacola, you know, where the... Uh, where the, uh, the Blue Angels are based. So this is a Navy town. And so the Navy's huge here. And so we had a lot of soldiers came back from the war, and they had a tough time. You know, much as soldiers coming back from war always have a tough time. But there weren't really the facilities to deal with it, you know, at the time. But they're better now. But um, the other problem still is that a lot of facilities don't uh, cater to men. There's a lot of women's shelters, a lot of women's services, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, welfare, food stamps, things like that. But guys don't have the same access still. So if you want to talk about inequality, there's an inequality of, of, of helping, you know, men who really need help. And so the Waterfront Mission was established. It's only for men. And it's a, it's a Christian-based. Uh, it's a fabulous place. They have uh, thrift stores all around uh, Pensacola and Milton where I, I drop off a lot of stuff. I kind of have a, 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 a thrift store recycling program. So I'll buy something, use it for a while, you know, give it back when I'm done. <laughs> You know, like a couple of years later. Uh, and so especially the stuff is, well, the stuff has to be still good. But that's the point. And so support your waterfront mission. And it's just an amazing place. So I wanted to play that interview today. But before I do, I just want to check with Pianchi real quick um, and uh, see if you have thoughts of, of anything so far before we, uh, before we get started with uh, Paul, his guest, and um, the, the, the mission, waterfront mission. And this is from March 21st of 2018. So I was three months from you know, my last radio show on, on uh, WBY. I had no idea, of course, but uh, it's better than the 2017 shows. I think you'll uh, – I found it listening to it. It's quite interesting. Pianchi, anything uh, you want to say before we start with our, our, uh, our mission report here? Well, if it's uh, anything like Mark Darn Wars yesterday, it's going to be a good one. Well, I'm playing the best of them, but quite honestly, I loved my job there. We had the uh, – you know, because it was a radio station – you know, because the station was already known. They'd been there for years and years. Uh, they were already serving the community. It was very easy for me to be able to keep serving the community. Uh, the, the tougher challenge with Blog Talk is, is starting over. And I certainly don't mind. You know, I love it because now, now we're in a better position now. But uh, being able to talk to these amazing people uh, that had already been established at WBY and be able to continue with, with uh, same reports, new reports, different reports, it was really pretty spectacular. So just to set it up, this is a WBY uh, interview I did March 21st of 2018. Um, Paul Stadden was on every month because I wanted to promote and help Waterfront Mission. So I had him on the show regularly. He brought a guest. 
And so the guest is most of the talking, uh, but you'll still hear WBY phone numbers. You'll hear station ident, little bumper music, things like that. I've taken out the commercials. I've taken out the newscast. So it only runs, it runs 42 minutes, which is long enough, but uh, it's still, it, it's the good stuff. And so just to let folks know, this is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. You're listening to uh, action radio, uh, the action radio citizen legislature, our phone number, 215-383-3832. We also have live chat. We also have Skype. So you can reach us any number of ways. So I'm play the interview, and I shall be back uh, when it's done. Yeah, what do you say we do the show there? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Action Radio Hour. Greg Fangles here, 1330 WBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. And what we have is our monthly show for the Waterfront Mission because Woo. they believe in what they're doing. I like to support Waterfront. It's, it's just an incredible organization. I've been on a tour of the place. We had that great luncheon not too long ago. Glad you got and to go to that, Greg. I was glad to go to that, too. It was just, and I met some amazing people who I'm now in contact with who are helping to, to give me ideas. And just, just, you know, everything snowballs. This is the most amazing community. It's the most amazingly supportive community I have ever seen. It's a, it's a big city that, well, it's not that big a city, but I mean, it's a city that still feels like a small town. And one of the big parts of that where everybody seems to kind of congregate and help and, and do the best they can for the folks is Waterfront Mission. That's why I have you on every month. So he's, he's, I, I got thumbs up from Paul. So tell folks what it is who may not know exactly what Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. Yeah. My name is Paul Stad, and I work for Waterfront Rescue Mission as the public relations associate, which means I public. That's what I do. So Waterfront Rescue Mission, for those who haven't heard, and if you're just listening to the show for the first time, first off, shame on you. You should listen more often. Yeah, where you been? I know. Where you been? Well, this, is, this is active stuff here. Right, go ahead. I so, oh, no worries. So there's a lot into, in Waterfront Rescue Mission that I love talking about. We love those statistics like how many meals we served and – well, it was about 220,000 this past year. Do you like year. McDonald's? Do you put the numbers up? You used to have Exactly. Like, you know, this many served. Actually, it's not a bad idea. Uh, you should do that. We kind of should, although I have to go out and change the signs every day. That would be on me. I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, we talk about how many nights of shelter we've given over the course of a year, which was about 87,000 last year. But there's one aspect I love talking about, which is the after that. Yeah. What happens to somebody when they go through the program and they come out the other side, what are we doing to help them for the rest of their lives? And that's also on – if you give us a dollar, I don't just want to make you feel good. Like I can tell you the statistics and make you feel good. Oh, you feel good inside because you did something. What are you getting out of it? Yeah. Well, what you're getting out of it is helping transform a life to be able to go on and do something for the community, give back, pay back into the system. You're no longer having to be part of that – Paying $31,000 a year for, you know, the average homeless person costs taxpayers in Florida $31,000 a year. I don't think people are aware that it's, it's that high. It's, it's high. That's like the average income. So you're, you're, exactly. you're almost trading one person's income per year for one person who's homeless. So you're like negating an entire income that's not in the economy. That's exactly right. You can use that. And we, I exactly will. In fact, next tour, I'm going to quote you on that. There you go. But we want to see people be able to go on, get jobs, pay back into this, the system. They're no longer buying drugs. They're no longer going to the ER and not paying for it. And p- police are no longer having to run them off places. I mean, it, everything that goes into that. So the guest I brought with me today is Jody Shoup. He's in charge of the Career Development Program at Waterfront Rescue Mission. What the Career Development Program is, it's the latter half of our recovery program. And it helps people be able to 
get connected to training. Well, you know what? I don't want to steal Jody's thunder. I'm going to let Jody talk about the career development program. That's why I brought him. He's the expert on this. I'm yeah. just the guy who talks for a living. So now, now, Paul and I are both kind of radio guys, so we, we do the banter back and forth. Don't feel like you have to sure, jump in sure, as much sure. as we are. Just tell your story and introduce yourself and what you got. Well, first of all, I'm uh, glad to be here at the Metroplex, W-E-B-Y. Uh, this is the second time I've been here in probably uh, 10, 15 years, and uh, still looking as great as ever. Well, thank you. Um, my name is Jody Shoup, and uh, as Paul said, I'm also an employee of uh, Waterfront Rescue Mission. I've been with Waterfront uh, going on nine years, and uh, I oversee the career development program at Waterfront Rescue Mission. Um, it's the latter part of our program. Uh, and I want to get this up front, you know, that uh, – a lot, of, a lot of people have asked me, can I just come straight into the career development program off the street? Huh. The answer is no. Uh, we, we have a six-month program, preliminary and a primary program, prior to your, your uh, option to come into career development program. So it would be a, a six-month process before you were able to come into career development program. And, and men coming in off the street need that length of time, you know, to, to get uh, – acclimated to the environment that they're in and, and, and have classes and, and, and uh, getting clean and sober. And then once they get to that six-month mark, they're eligible to come into the career development program. Mm. Um, we, we are a faith-based organization. Uh, you might say, well, if, I'm not, uh, if, if I don't believe in God, can I still come into the Waterfront Rescue Mission? The qualifier to come into Waterfront Rescue Mission is anybody that has a sin issue in their life. Okay. So we all qualify. Paul qualified. You Greg, you qualify. I qualify. Um, so, so we we don't discriminate if you're not uh, in a church or, or believe or have a particular doctrine that you follow. Um, but but what, as part of the process, though, you might actually find that religion helps you in your life, or you might have had you know religion as as a kid, and you kind of lost it along the way as you lost your path. Do you find that people do that? That as as men go through the program, that religion becomes more part of their life? It sure it sure does. Um, many men come in lost in more ways than one. They come in without any hope. Uh, they just have given up. They're they're in desperation. But, um, you know, we, we introduce every man that comes into the program. He hears the gospel, okay. uh, and uh, it's his decision whether he wants to accept the gospel or not. But I've found that, that, that the men that do accept the gospel and start leaving, living a godly life have a much more uh, chance for success than those that don't. Uh, it, it's, so, it's, it's something that they can commit to. They have hope and and as I do in, in Jesus Christ as my Savior. Okay. And uh, so, yes, many men that do uh, accept the Lord do uh, much better than those that don't, in my opinion. Yeah. Let me get the phone numbers here if anybody wants to join us. 850-ARI-CODE-623-1330, ARI-CODE-850-623-1330. If you're listening online, and we do have listeners in various parts of the country, uh, let us know where you're calling in from. That's always interesting to know. And actually, speaking of around the country, I was thinking about this when I, when I missed you guys because of, I was in CPAC in the convention. Are you associated with any national organizations or is there like a national convention of missions like waterfront and do you exchange information do you do you have like your model programs you display those and then talk about their model programs and kind of cooperate in a way that uh, you know the best practices the corporations do that they do best practices do you have any kind of organization like that well there actually are um there are organizations, boards that we are members of, like AGRM, uh, Association, of, Association of Gospel Rescue Missions. Okay. Uh, and in our thrift side, in the Waterfront Thrift Stores, we're a member of ACTS, Association of Christ, Christian Thrift Stores, which actually was started by our founder, uh, Ed, Dr. Ed Gray, 
who was also president of AGRM for a while. So there's a lot that these rescue missions are trying to do to talk to each other to find out what works best. Because any rescue mission that exists in a vacuum mm -hmm. that doesn't ask the questions, hey, what works for you? And maybe it'll be different a little bit regionally. You know, maybe due to a certain kind of population you have in certain areas, different lengths of time. But there's so much overlap because people are people. Right. And so we're always trying to find out what works. I just talked the other day to the Denver Rescue Mission about a voucher program that they were doing years ago. Yeah. You, hmm. know, you just pick up the phone and ask questions. Uh, and being part of that network is so essential. You know, If we're telling the guys that come into the program that being part of a, a church body, uh, a, a, being a good neighbor, connections to other people, having a mentor is good, and then we don't do it ourselves, right. it's kind of hypocritical. That makes sense. Yeah, Jody, can you give us a little bit about your background? Were you, did you were you served by the mission? Did you come to it that way, or did you just started uh, working for them? Or, or what's what's your story? Uh, I have a master's degree in counseling and human development. Okay, I actually worked as a probation officer for three years right out of college, and uh, I was in, involved in sales, um, mental health counselor at Lakeview Center here in Pensacola for uh, ten years. Uh, worked in radio for eight years with a local station here and then um pretty extensive background so far yeah yeah I, I, I was praying a lot you know i'd sit, sit in church on the weekends and hear the pastor talk about going on mission trip and you know i was just praying you know god put me put me where you want me send me on mission trip uh, uh I'll, I'll go what's mission trip uh you know I like to go to uh, a, a different country like kazakhstan or, or mexico or africa to go over and just share the gospel with with those that are lost in all these other different countries, and uh, uh, God, as He does things, He put me right here in Pensacola in my own backyard yeah. at the at the waterfront rescue mission. He said, "This is what I want you to do." So, yeah. I, you know, I um, as I said, I've been here almost nine years, and uh, it's, it's been a a wonderful opportunity. I I truly enjoy going to work every single day, and a lot of a lot of people can't say that, but. I get so much pleasure in working with these men and watching them succeed. Matter of fact, I ran into a man uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, he was in our program 23 years ago. Oh, really? And he came back? Uh, no, no. I saw him in a oh, neighborhood. I saw him now. He has a landscaping business. Yeah, okay. he, that's where I was going. He's successful. He has been clean and sober for 23 years. And um, well, that's a, that's a reward you, you can't get from a paycheck. You know, this is something that you, what you do. You know, money is nice to survive. It's nice to have all those things, but yeah. but what you give of yourself that comes back so much more from the people that you're helping, and they know it, and you feel it. And there's just, I think we in this, this over technological automated world, I think we lose a lot of personal contact. I want to follow up on that a little bit. We've got to take a break right now. Sure. And we have uh, Paul. Our format slightly changed. We have news at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to have that as oh, well. Oh, good. <laughs> I need to get a glass of water, so i got to get time. Can I take a break right now? Grab a glass of water. Anyway, it's 816 here on the Action Radio Hour with Greg Pengloss, 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. My guests, Jody and uh, Paul from Waterfront Mission, and we will be right back. Babies coming out of the womb know this song. Why, Jody? 
This is how much you get two radio guys together. We, we just don't know our And the classic rock guys, and, too. And, of course, the, the world's greatest producer, A-Dog, with music here. 820 here on Action Radio with Greg Penglis. We've got uh, Jody and, and Paul from Waterfront Mission. And there's just some amazing work that is going on here. And I want to talk about, first of all, let me get the phone number again, 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. If you know someone uh, that needs help or if someone wants to call in or if, if you are need help personally, you, know, you don't even have to give your real name. We don't care. We just want to help. And so if you have a story of success or if you are in a place you know, where you, you just want to talk, let's do that. There's all these things we can do. I want to get back to Jody because you were talking about some of the folks that you've been able to help, and even in contact years later, they can still come back and talk to you, right? Oh, sure. We, we, we welcome them back. We, we actually reach out to them and okay. we'll follow up phone calls, emails, texts, all that. So who's the person you're mentioning? The uh, landscape guy, right? Does he have business now? Is it okay to mention his name? Um, yeah, Paul, what do you think? We can go first name. I put him on the Facebook page. His, name is, his yeah. name is Michael. Okay, there uh, we go. Yeah. He has his own landscaping business here in town. And okay. as I said, he's he's uh, uh, been clean and sober 23 years. Yeah. And uh, he's just following the Lord, and, and he has a crew on his landscaping company, and uh, he's doing awesome. He's yeah. doing excellent. So the fresh air, you know, all that wonderful stuff. I did landscaping in high school and uh, college, you know. It's, it's a, hard it's work. Part-time job. It is. Yeah. But you're, at least you're outside. I was never one for, for offices, although I don't yeah. seem to mind being at the, the radio thing here. And Mike was just one of many. I mean, he, he's yeah. one of many, many men that are, that are following that same track, yeah. you know. Now, you mentioned something we are talking during the break real quickly, managing addictions. People, they, they think they can handle it, you know, but you really can't. Once you're clean and sober, you really need to stay clean and sober, right? How does that work? Correct. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you, if you want to eliminate something out of your life, eliminate it. Okay. Don't try to manage it, okay. whether it be anger, your temper, you know, eliminate it out of your life. So when men come into the program... A lot of times they think, I, I, I need to get clean and sober for a time. I need to learn how to manage my addiction. I'll, I'll just drink a few beers at nighttime. I'll, I'll do a little bit of drugs on the weekend, and I'll still be able to maintain employment and my relationship with my family and so forth. But we've found that to be 100% false. There, there's, if a man's in an addiction, Greg... He cannot manage that addiction. He has to be finished with that addiction. That's the whole point of an addiction is that you can't manage it. Exactly. And so, so if you're still even a small amount, it still contributes to the addiction. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. We've had guests previously from, from Waterfront, you know, men who for years would drink or for years would take drugs, and they were still, they thought, functioning human beings. Right. And then the family goes and the job goes and these things eventually catch up. But you really, once you're out of it, you, you, you can't do it. And I'm wondering also with, with Waterfront, the environment's different there. Do you, is there a way to, to, when you take somebody out of that environment of their addiction, do you then try and recommend a completely different environment so the conditions aren't there? It's like if you send a drugs who are doing, who are doing drugs with them, chances are they're going to go right back to it. So, so what do you do to guide people from where they were situation-wise as well as, as career-wise to like a completely different place? Well, great question. And um, for me personally and for all the men that, that I work with and the other chaplains at Waterfront work with, uh, fellowship. Fellowship and accountability. Okay. Um, if, you're, if you fellowship with men that drink all the time, you're going to drink. If you fellowship with men that are doing drugs all the time, you're going to drink. We introduce them to God. We introduce them to church. Uh, it's a requirement that they attend church, and that's where we encourage them to get into fellowship with like-minded, uh, godly men. Uh, we also introduce them to mentors and ask them to pursue a mentor. A mentor is just a fancy word for a friend. 
How does that work? I think mentor. I mean, I try to do that with with people interested in radio and things like that. I've had kids on the air here, you know. But mentoring, I think, is is uh, is critical, especially in a fatherless age that we're in now. So let's let's talk about mentor and missing fathers and and if there's any connection and how the whole mentor thing works. Many of our men that that come to us and they come to us by the way voluntary. We we don't go out and, and recruit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them come on their own accord. A few are court ordered. But most of them are on their own okay. uh, when they come in. And, and a lot of men, Greg, we found as, as they start to open up in the counseling sessions that we have, we, ha- we have uh, individual counseling sessions and group counseling sessions. Mm-hmm. They begin to open up about their childhood, their teenage years, and, and a huge percentage of them are, are missing a father in their life. Yeah. And I, I, an example, uh, a man at the program, he's 59 years old, mm-hmm. and um he was telling me about his childhood and a lot of abuse, and uh, I just gave him a side hug, and he said, "You know what?" He said, "No one has ever hugged me in my life." Oh wow! And tears—that's abuse right there. <laughs> and tears came to his eyes, and I thought, "Really? I'm 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 58, and you're 59. You've never had a hug?" Yeah. Uh, and it was just it was just a awesome moment. You know, so these are things you discover, and I, I've talked a little bit about this. The, the you know the basically the psychological warfare that was my family. You know, and so I was fortunate enough I had not had an addiction or substance abuse or anything like that. That's just um, me. So I'm very lucky in that regard. But I understand these things, and this is why I'm so conscious of getting out of the environment, of of doing different things. And I'm wondering, do you you have like, actually, let's get the call first, and we've got news coming up after that. But I want to find out about clubs and organizations and things that people are doing and motivating themselves. And I've got so many questions, you can't believe it. Let's get to Josie, though. Josie, you're on. Hey, hey, good morning. I wanted to ask, uh, what's the percentage of people staying in the program and not going back to the drugs? Good question. Jody, you want to grab that one? Uh, the percentage, I haven't uh, checked it lately, but the graduation rate is high. It's, it's in the 70s, low 80s. The percentage of men that stay clean and sober is probably between 30 to 40 percent, which which is uh-huh. an awesome percent. Um, I'll throw this in: 100 percent of the men they'll hear the gospel. Yes. Yeah. And I got a question actually for for both of you, Josie and yeah. for Jody. Um, for, Josie has her own business. Okay. For people that have a business, is there any kind of program that you have? from waterfront to certain businesses if they need people? Are there benefits to the business, tax benefits, you know, things they could do, training things? Do you work with them? What kind of, of, of career to business connection do you have? Good. That's going to be on my list. Um, career development program is, is an opportunity for the men. Uh, I actually go out and solicit businesses. I meet with them. I let them know about our program, about our men. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our men have uh, a criminal history. And I've, I've got several businesses in town that work with us uh, pretty much exclusively, a lot of them. And they, they know that our men are in a program. They know that our men are receiving urinalysis tests. Okay. They know that our drug men... Drug tests, right? Drug tests. Yeah. A drug test. Um, they know that they're in a secure, safe environment. They know that they will report to work each day. And um, it's just been a great relationship with several employers here in town. And that that's what I would like to get out there, too, is... Uh, for those of you that are listening, businesses and or men that are out there saying, you know, I'd, I'd love to be a mentor for one of those guys. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to pour my life into that man. I really don't have a lot to do. I'm retired, even not retired. And uh, employers, if you're looking for good men, 
we have so many guys that come in with with high skill sets. I mean, I mean plumbers, electricians, drywallers, uh, drivers. You just a, a, a ton of talent these men come in with. Uh, so anybody that's listening that would be interested in uh, in uh, following up on that, I can give my cell phone number out. I'd be your your direct contact. Okay, we'll do that in just a little bit. I want to get back to Josie, and Josie, I'll hold you over from the news if you have more points. Hey, you have more things to say. The reason I was asking the percentage is because uh, I'm from Alabama's church, and we take care of the women. We got the Karis house. And the percentage, I believe, uh, it's about maybe 50% of the women that stay in the program, and uh, many of them, they go back in the streets. I gave one of the women a chance to work for my store, but things didn't work out. But it is a shame that we invest in only... I, I think it's like 50% of the women that truly stay uh, off the drugs. And also, I wanted to ask you a question. How do I get my niece, because she lives in the underneath the bridges in Miami. She's a crackhead, and uh, she's only 30 years old, beautiful girl. She's with the druggies in the streets, and it breaks our heart, our niece. You know what, Josie? We've we got the news coming up in just a little bit. We're gonna, I'm going to hold you over. We're going to get that question. So you want to get some help for your niece? Let's talk about that uh, when we come back. So we're going to okay. take a little break. But yeah, actually, we do have a few more seconds. But, yeah, that's a great question. So are you looking for help for her? I don't know if Mission, Waterfront Mission, uh, helps women out. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, we just have, a few seconds here. Okay. Day resources is where a woman, man, or child can come get connection to services, computer help for finding jobs, toiletries, okay. showers, laundry, yeah. And the most important thing, help. Okay, we'll be back and we'll talk about this. We're back. I think we're probably back before we're actually back. <laughs> All right, 8.34 here on the Action Radio Hour with Greg Penglos. Our action we're taking now, we want to help some guys out. And so we have Waterfront Mission, uh, Jody and Paul here. And I want to bring uh, Josie back in. Uh, as it turns out, we just found out uh, Jody and Josie, you guys know each other, but uh, Josie doesn't know Jody. But you explain. Josie, you do know who I am, right? Yes, you know, I do. Okay, I don't okay, know if you know I was a tall guy. <laughs> yes, you I, too, are. go to Olive Baptist Church. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what I was asking you guys is we're kind of desperate. My sister has put her daughter in different programs, but three months later they tell her, oh, it's your choice if you want to leave, you know, like the rehab. Mm-hmm. And, uh, rehab's not working? Because, huh? The rehab's not working? No, it's not. Yeah. She's so addicted to crack and, uh, and alcohol, prostitution. She does it all on the streets. It breaks our heart. Yeah. She's a beautiful girl, long hair, skinny. Just, just her mind is in another world. Can Paul, Jody, can you help her out? Josie, I'd like to give you our number, and uh, you can ask for me, and they'll get the message to me where I can have a, a, a private conversation with you to uh, share mm-hmm. some, some to share some things with you that I know that are coming okay. in Pensacola as far as a women's uh, recovery program. Um, yeah, she is in Miami, so if they have a place over there, my sister, maybe she can get help. If right. That would be great. Okay. Um, my number to reach me is 850-436-7868. Oh, 
and yeah. that that will get you to the front desk, and um, they will get in contact with me or, or or leave a message, and I'll be I'll be back in touch with you. That never works for okay. anybody that needs to call. Waterfront. That works for anyone that has any questions about Waterfront Rescue Mission. If you have a a, a loved one, a family member that you say, I, I'm just at my wit's end. I don't know what to do with this man. Yeah. By the way, Waterfront Rescue Mission for the men, it, it, there's no cost. There's no cost yeah. for them to come into the program. So please give us a call. Uh, we'll educate you on, on what you need to do, put you in okay. touch with the intake chaplain. But, um, Josie, in your awesome. case with the female, if you just call me directly, uh, okay. I'll, I'll walk you through that. Thank you so much. you Thank you. And you guys are doing a great job. And, uh, well, thank you. It is. It's a miracle to see many of you uh, walking with the Lord. Well, thank you. Uh, especially, is Gabe back? Gabe, is that his name? Uh, I think he was. I think he was. He was helping our chef at the Olive. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know who you're referring to. Um, yeah. Last yeah. time, last time I knew he was working in town, but I haven't seen him in quite a while. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you guys have a have a blessed day. You too. You too. Thanks very much, Josie. So, yeah, I want to get, um, speaking of, like, all of Baptist Church and things like that, are there, you know, because Waterfront's for, for men, and you have, like, I guess they have the thing at all of, I'm not as familiar with the program at all of Baptist Church for, for women. Is there any kind of exchanges? Could you guys, like, do a dance or something or, you know, sort of, <laughs> like, sort of integrate people into a healthy, you know, social interaction, you know, or is that something that comes later in a program or you don't do that at all or, you know, I'm just throwing this out. Unfortunately, when the men come in the program, I just want to say a few things before I address that. Uh-huh. Um, most every man, probably about 100% of them, they come in lacking discipline. Okay. They, they lack discipline in their spiritual life, their physical life, their mental, their relational, their financial, and on and on. Uh, when a man comes to us, um, as far as interacting with uh, the Karis House at Olive, Olive Baptist Church, which is a women's recovery, okay. Uh, we don't encourage that right off because the, the men, when they come in to, 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 for help, they need to focus on themselves because they could be of no benefit to their family, to their children, until they can get themselves in line. So we, we uh, as they progress when they get to career development program, if a man uh, meets a young lady at church, you know, we, we would begin the counseling process with the lady and the man, okay. a, a courtship type of process. But we don't encourage it right up front because they need to focus on them. Well, yeah, I wasn't thinking right up front. I'm thinking, you know, because you're the career, you're in the later later part of the program anyway. But just the idea, first of all, there's, there's one thing I noticed. There's not a lot of shelters for men. You right. know, most of the programs I see out there are, are for women. The, the government ones officially uh, seem to be there's a lot more women's shelters. There's a lot more things, you know, so it's really a good thing to have this. Do you find men do better with men, without the distractions, without other things going on? Is, is there a, a fellowship, a sort of like a bonding, uh, something that you might find in the military or a sports team or something like that, uh, that you find with men that you talked about the fellowship earlier? Does that all tie in together? They, they work better with men. Okay. Men living with men work, work better. Uh, now, a lot, of, a lot of the men that come to us, they do have uh, uh, wives, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they come in, they, they get the services that they need, and... and, and Hopefully they will go back and be a productive, godly husband, man. Uh, so how does that work with the family? Are they they don't see their family for a certain amount of time, or they 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 visit, or or they they kind of go back and forth? How does that all work? They get visitations and they get passes okay. uh, to to see their family. This is a very strict program then. We have we we have to have guidelines and rules in place okay. to to maintain the integrity of the program. Uh, there's such a thing as flop houses. 
Yeah. What's that? A flop house is where you can just come in and you need you, your family has maybe booted you out of the home and you just need a place to lay your head. Okay. And there's not a lot of accountability. We have accountability every step of the way. And you talk about a graduate program, or you have graduates. Yes. How does one graduate? Uh, we have our we have a year long program that we're about to introduce, right. and you will receive your graduation certificate at the end of that year. It's six months in the prim- in the preliminary primary program before you get to career development program, okay. and then six months in the career development program. So about right around a year, you can get your graduation certificate, and we have a big production. Uh, you should come to one of our graduations. We're having one uh, the last Thursday of this month. A I week, should. a week from tomorrow. Okay, come experience it. You, you, mm-hmm. you'll never be the same. Um, yeah, the right down. Send me, send me a note. Send me an email for. for yeah, I have calls, Well, calls. I want to do a program with you guys too. I've, I've talked to Paul about this too because my program is is Action Radio, where we actually write our own legislation. Oh, and We okay. have our website, writeyourlaws.com. That's W R I T E Y O U R L A W S. And so I am perfectly happy to to give like a bill writing workshop. So a lot of guys, if they want to change government policies that they see may have contributed to whatever problem they have, or if there, there are ways that they think they can be helped more um, by changing some of the public policies, I could work with that. Okay. So there's a lot of things we can do. Um, but I'm wondering, do you have, do you find that men that come into the program may want to completely change careers because the previous career they had may have in some way contributed to uh, the situation they find themselves in? Yes, yes. And we, we, matter of fact, we encourage guys that have been in uh, a profession that would lead them to drugs and alcohol, uh, working in nightclubs, things of that nature, where, where, where they're, they're really, uh, there's no chance for them to stay in recovery. Uh, and we have men that come in that uh, say, I, I want to go back into construction. Say you're 23 years old. Okay. And uh, we've had men that we say, well, what about an education? What about going to uh, George Stone Technical College? What about going to uh, Pensacola State College? We, we've had men in the past that have actually came in wanting to just just to work, get back on their feet. We turned their wagon around, so to speak, and said, "Let's let's go in this direction." You've done. Actually, my their right. expectation was, "Well, I worked construction, therefore I can only do construction." And part of uh, I'm guessing the re- the recovery process is, "Well, yes, you can, but." Yeah. Let, let's change your expectations. Let's broaden your horizons because people don't know what they don't know. Actually, well, the, my right-hand man in career development program, he's my, the chaplain that has individual counseling with the men. Mm-hmm. He actually came through our entire program. He came in just to sober up and get clean and to get a job. The chaplain that, that he He's met, on the show, right? Huh? Is that someone of the people? Is that, I don't know we oh, we'll have him on at some point. You need can. to have him on. We had one chaplain before. I know that. Sparky is who we're thinking. Sparky, of. right. Anyway, th- okay. this guy is Chaplain Michael, and uh, he went through okay. the entire program about five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we introduced him to going to Pensacola State College, got his AA degree, went on to UWF, uh, married a good Christian girl from Ola Baptist Church. There we go. He's, I knew there was a connection there somewhere. He, he's now my right-hand man. And, uh, I love and it. He's, mm-hmm. do, he's doing wonderful. Okay. Uh, he's just a great guy. Do you have some examples, like I say, without mentioning names, uh, of people that have come from from one career to another? Where, give me some places they've come from and where they are now. Uh, one, think of? Andy. And Andy, uh, Andy is a man that came through our entire program. He now works in the administration department at Waterfront Rescue Mission. Okay. Uh, we, we've had a uh, never been an administrator before, has he? No. no okay. No. He, he, he's he's a, a trusted member of the of the staff now. And okay. uh, again, he came through the program. His his idea wasn't to come in and go to college. His idea was to come in and get a job. 
and and then you you get I've got several men right now about three men that I'm I'm, I'm steering in the direction of going to school. Okay. Uh, they they will work part time in the day and they'll go to school in the evening. But as far as examples, uh, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. That's okay. And you got notes there. We'll get to those in a little bit. In fact, we have to take one more break. Yeah. But just to, if if my story helps a little bit too, and like I say, I've not suffered uh, the tragedies that these people have. I went back to community college at 56 years old. All right, and here I am with 18 and 19 year old kids, and I'm learning radio board production, and I made commercials, mm-hmm. and I did voiceovers, yeah. and I got auditions, and I made a, a great demo tape, and that led to be me being here, right? You know, a couple of years later. So there's no age limit to to what the certain. I mean, obviously there's some careers you can't do. You're not gonna you can't do the military thing at 18 if you're mid 50s. All right, but. There's always something you can do, and I want to just encourage the guys, and hopefully they're listening, yeah. that age is not a restriction to, unless there's a physical barrier, but there's still so many things you can do. Don't stop developing a career or a new career just because you happen to be a certain age. Well, I, had a, I had a man come in, and um, actually he came into our respite program. We have respite care as well for what's men. What's that? Respite is, is relief care for a man that comes out of the hospital. He may have a broken leg. He may have... Uh, uh, hepatitis C, he may have any type of uh, illness okay. that prevents him from working or entering into our program. Had a man come in with, with he was near death, literally, he was near death, and uh, he came all the way through the program. He, his, his past experience was construction, uh, 60 years old, and I encouraged him to pursue something that, that's not going to wear him out. He can't do construction anymore. And uh, long story short, he now works for Chick-fil-A. Okay. In, in their managerial program. There you go. Doing wonderful, loving it. And uh, he lives in one of our transitional houses, which I'll speak of here in a little bit if we have time. We, we're going to take a break, and then we have all the time. We have the rest of the hour to, to do your stuff. I think I've had enough questions. I've got more than my stuff <laughs> answer. Let's take a break here. I've got Jody. I've got Paul from Waterfront Mission. This is Greg Penglis here. It's 1330 WEBY Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. Our phone number, 850-623-1330, 850-623-1330. If you have a business, and you can use some help from some guys from Waterfront. Give us a call, and uh, we'll give out the numbers again for all that. And we will be right back. Just walking on sunshine? Yep. <laughs> you know that drum riff anywhere. Come on. This should be a... Uh, that's true. This would be a good theme for, for graduation. What do you think? They go up strutting. Nice. My guests from Waterfront, Paul and Jody, and uh, Waterfront Mission. And I want a couple of quick questions, and then I want to let you go on uh, uh, what you were talking about. We talked briefly earlier about maybe uh, pairing up with the veterans, and there's an organization called A Hero, which we did a show on earlier. I love to do shows with, with the veterans. That's Dave Glassman, uh, Lieutenant Colonel in Marine Corps, retired. And they do a lot of outdoor activities for veterans. Is there a way to get you all together? Somehow, do you think it might yeah. be? You want to talk about that? Somehow? I mean, up well, here. You know. and, and here's the thing: if you want to call here and get get contact with me, I'll talk to you. I, anybody who wants to offer something to the guys where they can go out and they can feel like they're part of the community, yeah. they can feel like they're part of something. That's what I want to do. I mean, we had a call the other day uh, from a guy who had stayed in the overnight services. We had given him services, and he now owns a football team in Pensacola. Oh, wow. Emerald Coast Scorpions. And he called up and said, look, I would love to give back to you by having the guys in your recovery program come to a game. I'll, I'll pay their way in. I'll feed them. I'll, I'll give them dinner. We just would love to have them here. That kind of thing happens all the time. All those kind of personal connections. So if you have something where you think, oh, this would be really great, this would make the guys feel like a million bucks, mm-hmm. talk to me. Greg has my contact info. You can call yep. it. It's 623 1330. Yep. I have that memorized now. See? 
You can also just email info at waterfrontmission.org. Info at waterfrontmission.org. I'll get it, I'll see it, and I'll respond to you. Yeah, because it's one thing the veterans, and I think the, the men you have, uh, one thing in common is this isolation that they feel. So when people have a problem, they are completely isolated. They have nowhere they can think they can turn. And all of a sudden, you know, like I say, with this veterans program, they open up to other vets. With you guys, you're opening up to other men in fellowship. And all these things are going on. We've got to break that isolation. Jody, you have a bunch of things you want to talk about, which I probably... Yeah, I, I, I just go wanted to go down a, a laundry list here of what a man, uh, his goals once he gets a career development program, okay. wh what we try to steer him in, the, in this direction for his goals uh, first of all, we, 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 they must be employed okay. when they're career development program. As long as they're actively looking, they can, if it takes them a month, two months to get a job, as long as they're actively looking, they're welcome to, to reside with us. Um, we help them open up a, a savings account in their life. I had one man about five years ago, he did a side job for mowing some lawn, and he, had, uh, he got $30, and he came in my office in tears, and I said, what's wrong? And he said, uh, I've never had $30 in my life all at one time. He said, I've had $5 here, $10 there, but I've never had $30, and I'm a nervous wreck that I'm, what I'm going to do with this money. He was, too, he was afraid he was going to spend it too fast. He was on, afraid on something. But uh -huh. anyway, we, we open up a, they open up a savings account. Okay. Uh, we help monitor that account. They're in total control of the account. Our name's not on it in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. uh, they turn in bank statements so we can monitor that their, their income is growing because they're eventually going to have to leave us. And when they leave us, they need to have funds to be able to support themselves. So we, we help them with that. We, have, we help them with budgeting. We have a financial class. Um, they go to church. They get mentors. We help them with their legal issues. A lot of men come in with legal issues. Do Rest lawyers that work with you, or how does that work? No, no. We, we, just, we, we guide them in the direction they need to go to start to pay off their fines or court costs or restitution, whatever. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of men come in with child support issues. And so we, we, they have to pay their child support. You know, that, that catches up with you once you get employment. You know, through your Social Security uh, Wait, number. This is something I don't understand. So child support, even if a man is, is poor, destitute, hasn't worked, all these other problems, the court still orders and, and accumulates child support? Yeah, well, yeah. I don't understand this. You know, this is, this is, it's kind of a, a sore spot with me that, uh, you know, if you're a single female teenager with a kid, you get the, the house and some of the extra benefits and, you know, food stamps and all this kind of stuff. And, guys, uh, this is just, I'm going to be a little controversial here, but uh, men do not get the same treatment, and they can go to jail for failing to pay child support. And they, ha they have and they no have. income. They have all these other problems and things like that. seems like there's a little inequity going on. Yeah. So, uh, and you're trying to address that, that difference. Yeah. Good. So we deal with that. Um, if a man can get a license, a driver's license, some, some they've lost him for life. Uh, but if a man is you, able to... How do you lose a license for life? What, what? Well, I've, I've got guys that have had six DUIs. Uh, and then it's gone. License is gone. gone. License gone. Okay. Uh, uh, and if they have a license, we help them get a vehicle, uh, help them with housing. Uh, we have transitional houses at Waterfront, too. Once a man... Uh, moves through career development program as as he becomes more stable, he has the money, he has the stability, he has a job, he has a vehicle. Mm -hmm. We also have transitional houses at Waterfront to where they can go out. They, they're still under the umbrella of Waterfront Rescue Mission, but they're able to live independently. Okay. So they can, so they can start walking out the, the talk and walking walking the walk and learning how to get back into to society and be a productive member of society. So you go a little bit out, then you're back, a little bit more out, then you're back. Yeah, they're still, you're, they're still yeah. accountable to us. They report to us once a month, and, okay. and, and they do the drug test and all that. But, um, and we, and we, we work on family restoration, getting them reunited with family, uh, contacting family members that they may not, may not have talked to in years. 
And uh, so we help them cert- find family. And How do you deal with that? Because the family member, all they remember is their last impression uh, of the man before they get to the mission. And you're saying, no, they've changed. And we're like, uh-huh. Yeah. Know, so how does that introduction, we only have a couple minutes left. If you want to talk about something else, it, I'm just it, curious how that works. It, it, take, it takes a long time to, to regain that trust. Okay. You know, once you lose trust, it's hard to get back. Um, but a lot of family members will welcome the, welcome the men back. Are they just uh, happy to see them in, in good shape? Correct. Yeah. Now, some family members also, also can be enablers. They see a man come in. He's been clean and sober for six months. Wow, you're cured. It's a miracle. It's not the case. And they, they may take the man out of the program prematurely. Come on back, son. We want you back. And, and they can be an enabler still. So we try to work with the families, and that's something we're going to focus on this next year. Yeah. How do you identify which families are happier with the man in a bad place? You know, because I, I know about psychopathic, you know, personality disorders and things like that. You've got to deal with that. You've got to screen for people to make sure that the, the environment they're in isn't where they, they want to bring the person down because they're already down there too. So you might have more people in the family dysfunctional that would put that man right back where he is. So there may be times when you can introduce him back to the family the same way. And we're aware of that. Uh, the, the family can be just as dysfunctional as the man. And you get the man uh, corrected, get him in line, you definitely don't want to send him back to that dysfunctional environment. Yeah. So uh, it, it's harder to work with the families because they're not in recovery. They're, they're removed from it. And so it's, it's hard to get them to understand what the man's going through. But we, we're and they gonna, can't explain it because the guy's like, oh, this wonderful thing's happening to well, me. Yeah, why can't I come take Billy home? Why can't I give Billy money when he's in crew development program? Well, Billy needs to earn his own money now. Yeah. Stop enabling him. Do you, do you feel, and we only have, like I say, a couple of minutes, men have been treated like children a lot of times, and they have not been, been forced to accept responsibility, and so they don't, they, they're not used to it? Yes. Okay. The answer to that is yes. Um, so we, we, we work with the man in that area. Look, your, your grandma c- continues to bail you out. I had a, had a young man. He said, my grandma's going to send me some money. I said, tell her not to. You're working now. But she wants to send it. I said, tell her not to. Cause the very next day, I, I said, did you t- talk to your grandma? And she said, uh, he said, yes. She said she's going to send it anyway. I said, well, when well, it gets, when it gets her. Make a donation then to uh, Waterfront. I said, when it gets her, let me know. We'll put it back in the envelope. We'll send it back to Granny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, a little over 30 seconds left. You should just give your contact information once more. And I want to thank you both for coming here today. Thank you very we'll much. see if we can help some men out. So thank you. Uh, again, the number to reach me, if you like, my name is Jody Shoup. It's uh, 436-7868, 436-7868. For those that live outside of the area, it's 850 area code. Okay. Paul, you got a little bit left here? Info at waterfrontmission.org, info at waterfrontmission.org. If you want to come see what Waterfront Rescue Mission does with your own eyes, do what I did and take the tour. I guarantee you, you will say I had no idea. That I can't make it any simpler than that. Come people, see what we do. the tour? Just info at waterfrontmission.org. It takes about an hour. I'll set it up with you. We'll find a time that works for you. I would love to show you how lives are being changed at Warfront. Businesses, Mission. families, individuals, anybody can come on a tour, People, right? if you're a human being, call me. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Let's see if we can help the guys out. Action Radio. Dangerously cool. So meanwhile, back at present day, so I'm back live on the air. This is uh, December 23rd, 2022, and this is our anniversary uh, show because the actual anniversary, Christmas Eve, uh, is tomorrow, and and nobody's going to be here. Uh, It's freezing cold out there anyway. In fact, uh, I'm surprised anybody would be here now. We had Panky call in. We had Wendy check in. 
and I think uh, the rest of my reporters will probably get them next week or the week after, or we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, new season starts um, either Monday or a week Monday, <clears throat> whenever it starts. <laughs> I'll start the clicker for the new season. But uh, this has been four years. It's been an incredible four years. We've done many things that are historic. We've, we've broken all the rules. We've completely set a new agenda for radio. We've uh, connected a citizen legislature for the first time. We've written citizen bills. We've gotten them to the highest levels of power. We had the bills hand-carried by um, uh, bikers, uh, bikers for Trump uh, that took our bills up to uh, you know, the White House. We've had uh, folks like Josie, who's on the line now, who've been with me since the very beginning way back, um, and that was March 1st of 2017 when I started broadcasting. Uh, and then when that ended, you know, back to Blog Talk, we got, uh, she connected us up with us up again at Blog Talk. And, of course, nobody knew, uh, you know, why I left. Uh, you know, a lot of people said, they would hear from me years later, said, hey, why'd you leave uh, WBY? Well, trust me, it wasn't my choice. <laughs> it just kind of happened. Um, but uh, but then we're looking to a future that is going to be unbelievable. We're associated with a movie now called The Falcon. Where I'm, a, where I'm a, a constitutional historical advisor uh, and also advisor because of my work at Action Radio. And so I can't tell you how it all fits into the plot, but uh, it does. <laughs> and so that's going to be fun. We had Lloyd Brunson, who's got the case before the Supreme Court. And we're going to be working together, and he's going to help, as you say, make us a, a household word. So we have an incredible uh, um, group that's going to be helping us, getting our word out so we can break through the censorship. There's just unbelievable things going on. But someone who really deserves a round of applause for all for being with me all this time, of course, is, is Josie Kasi, who is here. And keeping with my new tradition, which I just started today, of, of playing the themes uh, of my reporters, I'll, I'll play uh, Josie's theme and bring her right on. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua, living under communism. And now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cossey knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Cossey. Yeah, let's give her another round of applause. <laughs> hey, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> You're funny. Hola, amiga. What's going hola, on? Hola, hola. Good morning. Buenos días. Buenos días. Uh, I was calling to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. To everybody, all our listeners. Mm-hmm. Around the world. Yeah. You know, many, many places. Yeah, yeah. We've, we still have Cuba. We have uh, Cuba, Zambia. Yeah. Zambia in Africa is one of our newest uh, places. Uh, we still have mm-hmm. uh, Vietnam with us for since the beginning. A bunch of different countries. China, oh, really? of course, is monitoring us. Mm-hmm. China doesn't let Taiwan yes, listen, which is kind of interesting. Taiwan used to be with us, but they yeah. think they got blocked. <laughs> so China is blocking Taiwan. Uh-huh. Don't listen to Action Radio in Taiwan. So we need someone to in Taiwan to... Uh, Help bring the, the message of freedom uh, and citizen legislation okay. and empowerment to uh, to Taiwan. So I'll work on that. Yeah. So how you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Good. Get, trying to get ready to go to work here. But I said, let me call for a couple minutes to wish everybody okay. a Feliz Navidad, Merry Christmas. Yeah. It's a busy yeah. season. You know? See, so, yeah. I've got different parties to go and wow. guests coming tonight. And mm-hmm. 
um, celebrating Chris uh, for us the 24th Christmas uh, with some friends since my daughter's not going to be in town. Oh, that's so, too bad. Yeah. Know. Yeah. So, but I know. you're my connection back to WEBY. You go back to the very beginning. You know, in fact, I think you've told the story when you first heard me, you know, March 1st. You're like, I'm like, who is that guy? <laughs> well, let's tell that story. And, then, and that's uh, what I... How you got to write bills and, and all the stuff and how you refound us here at Blog Talk. Yeah. I thought I had the radio. Well, I put the radio on because I was used to listening to you, the regular show. And uh, I'm like, do I have the wrong number? And I called the station and said, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> so it's our new our new. What they say? What, what did Mike say? California. What would you call it? We talked to Mike no, Gates. They, who was the, who'd they give it to? Oh, Adar? Yeah, they, they said, we have a new guy. We made some changes, but they didn't tell me exactly what happened. And, of course, you told me. Yeah. So, yeah. They were not telling anybody what happened. So. Well, they, well, they it's no, okay. when I left, they didn't tell anybody, but I'm curious what happened when I first showed no. up. I mean, I don't know what, they didn't say anything then either. Well, I don't think they, quite honestly, I don't know if they exactly knew what I had in mind. I mean, Mike knew pretty much. But I, I don't think he knew the mm-hmm. extent of, of the peaceful revolution of the citizen legislation I had planned. And when I started WEBY, mm-hmm. we didn't have a writeyourlaws.com website. I hadn't even thought of it yet. No. I knew I was going to mm-hmm. make one, but I didn't know how to make it. So people, you know, this is a, a, an evolutionary as well as a revolutionary process. So the evolution mm-hmm. of Action Radio really took a lot of time because we went through several webmasters. Yeah. We went through different ideas. You know, we've tried to structure how to do it and I had to make it as simple as possible. So anybody could go online yeah. and, and be able to write a bill. And the bills are complex enough. And now we had this beautiful website by uh, Eric Colley, who uh, unfortunately died at the hands of his hospital. I know. Back in, back in February. So we're still, I still miss him. I loved having him on the show. I had a commercial I used to play. Let me just, I wonder if I still have an Eric Colley commercial. Let me still have it on the soundboard here. Cause I, and I think I took it out just because I, you know, probably wasn't going to play it again. But that, gee, I wish I had that one. Yeah, this would be, I'll play that one again sometime because he was fabulous. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so his wife Sharon and I are still uh, really good friends. Uh, I should get her on the show sometime too because she does a lot of a lot of postings now with the Oh My God group. So she's quite active there. But uh, we're we're a family. Action Radio is a family. Yeah. It really is. Do you know it's 27 degrees in Milton? Is this yeah, crazy? I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it was 26 last 28 time I checked. Let's, let's take a look. Is it warmed up to 27? 27? 26 about an hour ago. Yeah, it's warmed up to 27. Holy guacamole. Like we say, holy guacamole. Holy guacamole. <laughs> well, what, now, so is guacamole, is that an American creation that was given a Spanish name, or is that actually, you know, Mexican or Spanish? Or where did it come from? Do you know? The origins of guacamole I'm not on sure, Action Radio. but uh, <laughs> we grew up uh, eating guacamole, you know. So, okay. and the real guacamole from Nicaragua is uh, you chop a bunch of eggs, boil eggs, mm-hmm. chop them into little pieces, mm-hmm. and then uh, cut your avocado, and mm-hmm. then you chop a little bit of onions and put vinegar, a little bit of hot sauce, and and then you start mixing it up, and it tastes so good to put in any tortilla or or in top of uh, uh, rice, not rice, but beans. Uh, we eat a little bit different than, than Mexicans. uh mm-hmm. Because Mexicans, they do a lot of refried, like like almost uh, mashed potato, the you know puree, the uh, beans, and we don't do it like that. We like the regular beans, plain, you know. Before they're mashed. Uh, we do fry. <laughs> no, I don't like being mashed. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to see the beans. So yeah, yeah we sense. eat a little bit different than I eat Mexican once in a great while, but not uh, mm-hmm. not that often. 
I, I really miss my Cuban food from Miami and all that stuff. See, so, this would be a from, great place for a Cuban restaurant. I don't think we have one, or do oh, we have yes. one in, in, in the Pensacola area? But, the, you know, that's one thing I'm San Francisco. One, they mm-hmm. had one when I first moved here in 2006. It's called Verona mm-hmm. on 9th, closer to the airport. But they give you a tiny bit of food, and it was just not that good and very mm. expensive, and they shut down because I used to do their uniforms. Now they have... Um, uh, Joe something it's uh, from Puerto Rico over there on Tippin and like if you head in 12 towards the airport mm-hmm. uh, Tippin you turn right there in that corner right there there's a Puerto Rican restaurant it's not Joe Caribbean I think it's the name or something like that mm-hmm. it's, it's not too bad it's not the best but hey for that's the only place around I think so I yeah, so anybody's interested, <laughs> you know, all, all you folks that want to get out of Miami, you know, come to Milton and Pensacola and uh, set up a nice restaurant. We'll, we appreciate it. See, yes, we desperately need one. Yeah. They yeah, do we'll have, uh, hey, Greg, on 9th mm-hmm. Avenue, they have um, Mr. Pollo. Mr. Pollo is just like Pollo Tropical from Miami. Mr. Very, chicken? very good. Uh, yes, yeah, chicken, uh, rosticery chicken. You get huh. black beans. You get fry uh, plantain, tostones, uh, you know, so you get, it's just like being in Miami, kind of, uh, huh. and that's uh, Mr. Pollo 9 next to Subway, it's very good, very good. Okay, well, I'll have to get them on the so show. So that's about See, it in town. Well, here's what would be fun to do, to add to your report, if you ever want to do that, I mean, Nicaraguan recipes, you know, I mean, toss them in, uh, restaurants that, mm-hmm. uh, that you think are good in the area. See, I want to visit a ton of restaurants as the show grows and I get like a restaurant budget. <laughs> I'm going to be heading out mm-hmm. uh, and trying all these places, hopefully getting them on the show, which I think would be great fun. Yeah. Um, so that we can actually uh, hear from, uh, you know, a bunch of different people. I want to promote local business. Yeah. In fact, in Milton, we're going to have the map app, which is going to be a map. It's on, it's going to be an online map and, and a, oh, I think a, a paper map of all the local businesses that are not associated with chains. So everything from boomerangs, the bistro, Frick's pharmacy, Mason's McKinley's, uh, uh, who else? Maybe some of the, maybe the hardware stores, some of the other places, but local businesses, the thrift stores, the secondhand shops, uh-huh. things like that. So all the local businesses that are individually owned, uh, and we, we want to put them on a map app. And of course, Action Radio will be prominently featured as since it's my idea. Uh, so we'll have a nice big uh, thing on there as well. But I love supporting local business, and I'm encouraging local uh-huh. business to reciprocate and support us. <laughs> so that's a that's always uh, something we're trying to do too. But yeah, feel free to, to any local restaurant. Ethnic restaurant, anything special that you find, yeah. I'd love to know about it. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to open a Cuban restaurant, but I don't have the time. I need to retire instead of opening more businesses. Hey, yeah. I just <laughs> sent you a picture. I text you uh-huh. a picture of uh, the criminal Zelensky uh, with the Biden family. Did you see that picture? It's circulating everywhere right now. Well, let's take a look. The, so so you sent it to me Facebook or a text? I texted. I texted. Well, let's take a look. Um, what uh, what you see there is like <laughs> everybody's talking about it. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So well, let, let's let's see what everybody's talking about. And I got a call. I'm looking up their number right now. Uh, so let's see. Yeah. Looks like I get a couple of messages so, on my on my text here. Biden, yeah, Biden, uh, and uh, and his wife uh, are standing uh, with Zelensky, and this is a picture from the back, and his wife got her hand and he's you know back on the right in the back center of his back 
and Biden is rubbing his butt. <laughs> you want me to look up a picture of Biden rubbing his butt? This is what you're doing to me on my anniversary show? Thanks, Josie. Yeah. Really appreciate your support. No, but you should see it. It's crazy. It's like, yeah. is this guy okay. crazy or what? I don't know. Sounds like it. Hey, it looks like Hellman, who's been putting a bunch of stuff on live chat, is here joining us. So I'm going to bring him on the on the show as well. And okay. uh, if you have to go, let me know any any message that you want to have for us. Yeah, so, I do. I have to do my hair and uh, be open the store at ten. So I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Merry Christmas to you, and thank I'll you for everything. Listening. And it's been a pleasure to have on the, you on the show ever since I first started at WBY. So this is we're going on uh, yes. 17, six years. It's almost it'll be six years this March. Wow. Amen. Pretty and, cool, huh? And I encourage, I encourage our listeners to support Action Radio so we can continue doing what we're doing uh, to help our country, to help ourselves, uh, writing our bills, and uh, Greg can uh, can take some donations, and we really need it. Yep, Thank we've you. got givesendgo.com slash action radio and paypal.com slash paypalme uh, slash action radio. So both those places. And it's right on your broadcast page. So if you miss it with my way too fast a voice, it's right there on every broadcast of every show. Uh, so it's right there. Anyway, so Josie had to leave. So let me, let me switch over here to uh, Calman, who's been doing a bunch of stuff with the live chat, which I really appreciate, even though I can't always type when I'm listening to the show. It gets a little complicated, but I do read them. And so that's, uh, that works out well. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Welcome to our fourth anniversary show. Yeah, I figured I'd at least give a little bit of a shout-out. Okay. I really have been enjoying the show for, like, about, I want to say four or five months now. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Um, since it's your fourth anniversary, I figured, Josie, he's been great. Greg, you've been great. And I really like just listening to the show. I mean, Well, that's wonderful. I appreciate that. So the best thing you can do if you want to help us is share it. Share it with everybody you know. Ask them to share it. And we have a lot of censorship that we have to break through. And it really started, you know, with the beginning of COVID 2020, you know, February, March of 2020. Uh, we were identified very early as, as Mavericks, Rebels, and uh, Truth Tellers. And they couldn't have that. So that they clamped down on us incredibly. In fact, I just got another 90-day restriction where my, uh, my posts on Facebook will be, quote, lower in the news feed. And they were already lower in the news feed. I don't know how much lower I can go. So we're now, as I said earlier, we're at the bottom of the boat of the ocean, you know, in the news feed. <laughs> so I'll keep trying, but uh, it's really going to take a lot of folks uh, like you who enjoy what we're doing here and, and also think it's valuable. You know, I mean, you can listen to any other show, but this is the only show that you can actively participate in. Everybody gets to participate. Okay. Everybody can write a bill. Everybody can comment on a bill. Everybody can share the link to a bill. Everybody can call the show. Doesn't mean you're going to get on. <laughs> I do screen them, but uh, the, we're wide open to all kinds of participation and ideas and suggestions. And this is we're all pioneers here. We don't know where this is going. This is an adventure. And I think that's what uh, that's what makes it a whole lot of fun. And your expertise, Calman. You know, I think if I remember, you know, computer security, cybersecurity, things like that. That's the stuff. You, and geopolitics. So you you could add a whole bunch to the show. So so feel free to join us. You know, as as you see fit. But uh, I do appreciate having you on. Yeah, I at least wanted to wish you a happy fourth anniversary. I'm not really going to input on anything today. Okay. I mean, I already said everything on my live chat, so for the most part, anyone who wants to <laughs> yeah, go to the live chat, me, yeah. feel free to have a conversation with me. I'm in live chat yeah. most of the time. Yeah, in fact, that's, so, that's a really good um, point that, uh, that you're making is that people can go to live chat and you can comment on other live chats. In fact, ideally, when I have a, a call screener producer, that they will be monitoring live chat and encourage people to have live chat conversations and report to me things that are going on there while I'm doing the show. 
because live chat's only available during the show. After that, it disappears. It's, it's not in the podcast. So if you want to uh, comment, and it goes anywhere in the world. Anybody can log into live chat. You just, uh, you just go to the bottom of the page, get your free account, and start typing away, as, as Calman does periodically. Uh, and has a bunch of stuff on there now. Yeah, okay. So let's see if we can get some dialogue w- with some of the listeners with you. you know, especially if you can't call in. That's a good way to do it. I'd love to have a good conversation with someone who's going to live chat with me. I mean that, too. I mean, oh, I know you do. I say some yeah. things that are, you know, a little different, but at the same time, I'm pretty knowledgeable about what I know. I'm not going to voice an opinion that I don't know of. <laughs> Well, you can be as controversial as you want. As long, there's just a couple of basics, and this goes for for blog talk for anybody, pretty pretty much anything. You know, you can't advocate violence. You can't threaten no. public officials. I mean, this, this is just the law. You can't advocate violence. You can't threaten public officials. And I don't like personal information. I don't like doxing. I won't allow that. Uh, so you can't give out personal information on anybody. Um, and so, uh, but other than that, and, and they also, BlockShock has things against, you know, really racist, hateful stuff like that. You're not going to get that on here either. Um, other than that. I don't, you know, the most controversial ideas, like I talked earlier about putting illegal aliens on a reservation until their immigration hearing. That's a controversial idea, but I'm not threatening violence. I'm not affecting public officials. I'm not, you know, it's not racist or hatred or anything. Well, some people might call it that, but um, that's, it's not. And so, so an idea, controversial idea like that, those are the kind of things I'm looking for. So those are where you can feel free to, uh, to talk about things. Anyway, that's what we're for. True. No. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm going to take off. I just wanted to chime in on your fourth anniversary and be like, hey, bravo, keep it up, bud. Thank you. I will. Let me get you. Uh, where's, where's my – hang on. Don't go away yet. I had to scroll down here real quickly. Where is – I'm to get you a round of applause, too. Hang on. Ah, here we go. So thanks for being out there. And let's talk soon. There we go. I think he's already gone. Yep, he's gone. That's okay. That's fine. Uh, so live chat is a function that I don't talk enough about because when I'm doing this show, it's hard for me um, to listen and go to live chat and type. You know, it's like a second conversation. So engage Calman, engage anybody that's on live chat. And again, the rules are pretty simple, just what I said before. Um, so I've got a couple things to play for you. We got to just let me see whatever spots I might have missed. You know, uh, on, on our commercial, our regular things here. And then I'll play you one more interview. We only have about 35 minutes left. I want to play my favorite interview, uh, probably of all time. It's one of the first ones I did with Walter Williams, Dr. Walter Williams, the economist. And it really, the reason it's so timely is even though it's at the beginning of my radio career back in uh, early spring of, uh, of 2017 at WBY, what he said rings true, will ring true for all the time I do action radio, even if I'm still doing this 30 years from now. So Dr. Walter Williams, he's left us now, um, but, uh, but he has not, he's, he's never going to leave the show because his words of encouragement uh, and wisdom will always be with me, which is why I play the, uh, you know, I periodically play his interview. So I'll get to that in just a little bit. Be right back after a couple things first. From addiction to achievement, that is the story of Mike Lindell. It started with my pillow and now goes to my coffee. Action Radio is proud to be an affiliate of MyPillow. Our discount code is the same for all our product affiliates, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws. MyPillow pillows are guaranteed the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. Action Radio is guaranteed to be the most controversial show you will ever hear. Check out their products with our discount code at mypillow.com slash W-Y-L. 
That's MyPillow.com slash W-Y-L. Or order now by calling 1-800-544-8939. That's 1-800-544-8939. Sleep well so you can wake up and hear Action Radio live. Hello, this is Greg Penglis for our newest shooting range here in Milton, Florida. Stand your ground. My friend, Jason Myers, and crew are creating an incredible facility for our city. Stand Your Ground is located at 6632 Elva Street. The phone number is 850-789-1776. Their email is standyourground1776 at gmail.com. Here you'll find either in process or already going an indoor shooting range, axe throwing, archery, a rage room, self-defense classes, concealed carry weapons classes, security license training, paintball, a full-service gun store, and 24-7 online ordering. So come on down or contact them by phone, email, or website and learn how you can best stand your ground. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strike Force is at StrikeForceEnergy.com. That's StrikeForceEnergy.com. Start your engine. Radio, dedicated to fixing everything. I was just thinking there's a um, promotional uh, thing, a free trial on Roku uh, for Paramount, and the, I guess Top Gun is one of the films, so something tells me I'm going to uh, play watch a little Top Gun today you know, after the show or do something like that. I'm going to have some fun. Anyway, uh, we have about half an hour, and I never know whether BlockShock's going to enforce the three-hour maximum or let me do some overtime, but I only have one more thing I wanted to do today. And that is to play my interview with Dr. Walter Williams. So this would have been, I'm not sure, I don't have the, the date on it. Maybe I'll announce it when I'm done. But I know it's one of my first. So it would have been maybe April or May, or maybe even March of 2017. So brand new radio person, brand new. It's my first full-time job in radio. Uh, and I started with my own morning show, which is, un, which is unheard of. But you can only do that at a smaller station. And then, of course, my goal was to work at a smaller station so I could then build my show and do you know, a bigger show. I, I had no intentions of moving ever to a bigger station. You know, I, I am fiercely loyal. And so when I was hired by WEBY, my intention was to stay at WEBY. And people were like, yeah, it's a stepping stone. You're going to go, no, I don't want to go. You don't understand. I love it here. You know, I had no intentions ever of leaving WEBY because I knew with the Internet, I could build a worldwide show right from WEBY. And so that's the difference. See, in the old days in radio, if you wanted, you know, more money, more prestige, more ego, more, 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 more. You had to keep moving to a bigger station because they could afford to pay you more and you have a bigger audience. Well, see, with the Internet, none of that matters. Okay, so the Internet, 
You can work at the at, at, uh, at the smallest radio station, or these days even no station. You know, I'm not affiliated with a radio station at all. Kind of wish I was. I, I miss it. I loved what I really loved about WBY. If you listen to that last interview uh, with Paul Stadden and, and Jody from Waterfront uh, Mission. Uh, is the fact that we had a studio where, where guests could actually come in and sit down around a big table. So we had this beautiful, glossy, oak, old-style table with three microphones. And sometimes they bring in more, but for the most part, I think we had three, well, maybe it was four microphones. See, all these microphones coming out look like a giant spider, right? So these microphones would come out. I'd have one, and there'd be like three or four more uh, for other guests. We all gather around this table. And it was like, you know, it's like the, the, the coffee group table. So it was just a, like a bunch of friends. We'd gather around. I had men's groups. I had the Creek Tribe. I had uh, Dave Glassman used to bring in uh, the, the A-Hero, the veterans. You know, we'd do shows. I had a wrestling show one day from Bill Fetke. Uh, we had a drone show where we actually flew drones around the studio while I was broadcasting. So this is drone sitting right in front of my face, taking my picture while I'm broadcasting on the air. And I did it. We didn't care. Flew by A-Dog, who was our producer at the time, flew his broadcast window. I don't think they flew it around the corner into his little production booth, but uh, <laughs> he might as well have. We had the, uh, the students who had the, uh, the robots. We had a robot fight go on in our place. And so we had the, the robot, uh, you know, they're trying to destroy each other. That went on. So all these, and the, the drone show, after the drone show, I got to go uh, learn how to fly a drone. Kevin Weeks let me do that. He taught me how to fly a drone. And so these incredible experiences uh, that were all happening. Um, Joey Martin, who was uh, Joey's Air Therapy, um, I don't know if he still, I think he still does, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I got to go ride in, in a trike. So they're in the backseat of this thing. We're flying, I don't know, anywhere from uh, zero to a uh, thousand feet. Right? So we're up there. And at one point we flew over the WEBY studio, uh, studio building. That was fun. I had Joey on the show. And, and so that was, one of my, that was my birthday present. So you, there's a video of me uh, flying in this trike. I'm sitting in the backseat, my hair streaming back. And uh, there's nothing really to hang on to. It's kind of a weird experience. But, um, but there we go. And we're flying along. And it's got this big hang glider wing above it, an engine right behind you. You're sitting on the fuel tank. Hey, what could go wrong? It was great. So all these experiences have been possible since I came here uh, to WBY. And so I got uh, Mike Bates, the boss, got me a ride in a B-25 World War II bomber except the only seat available was in the tail gutter position. So I flew backwards in a B-25 down Pensacola Beach. And so this is the best place. I've got the greatest friends. This is an, uh, just an unbelievable area. Uh, That's why I never, even though I, I got uh, kicked out of my job at WBY because the station was sold, um, I had no intentions of leaving this area because I wanted to stay here. And when Blog Talk came along, it allowed me to do exactly what I'm doing now, which is broadcast um, worldwide from, uh, from my computer desk at home. All right. So let me play it. Let me find my, my Walter Williams interview. And let me just play that. Da, 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 da. Where is it? Oh, maybe it's up earlier. Here, oh, here we go. Have is under Dr. Walter Williams. This is under D. So this runs about 24 minutes, which will take us pretty much to the end of the show. And if I don't have any time afterwards, then that's it. But fourth anniversary, fifth season starts uh, either Monday or the following Monday. And it's usually 7 a.m. Central Time, uh, but not always. <laughs> it depends. Check the schedule on my Facebook page, the Action Radio with Greg Penglis Facebook page, or any of those places. Been a great year. Let's do it again next year. And let me play some Walter Williams, and I will see you uh, after Christmas. Yeah, baby. Time for the Action Radio Hour. It's 8.06 in the morning. I don't get the music down. I want to get to our guest right away, so let's introduce him now. Got my music? He doesn't have my music? 
Ah, thank you very much. He received a Ph.D. in economics from UCLA. He is an economics professor and former department head of George Mason University. He has authored over 150 publications, done tons of radio and television appearances, including mine, with more awards than I have time to mention. Let's have a round of applause for Dr. Walter Williams. Dr. Williams, thank you so much for coming on my show. Good morning, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's, it's, believe me, it's my pleasure to have you on. I have, um, I'm feeling new here, and I have questions I've wanted to ask you for years, so I want to get right to them. First of all, we're in a budget battle that's already started, and we have the national uh, debt ceiling, national debt and the debt ceiling being raised as issues are coming up, but we've got this $20 trillion debt hanging over our heads. What does that mean for the economy, and, and how does that affect individual Americans? Well, first, I, I think uh, uh, there's no hope of our ever paying off the national debt. Uh, that is, most countries that have a national debt, uh, what they do is just simply repudiate it uh, through uh, inflation. That is just destroyed through inflation. But uh, what the national debt also means is that it's going to, uh, when, when we see interest rates uh, uh, rise, it's going to be a huge part of the federal budget. And so, uh, okay. it, 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 you know, it, it, it's, it's not good uh, what we're doing as a nation. But, however, uh, the national debt grows because the, uh, the American people want Congress to do those kind of things that make it grow. That is, to, they want Congress to spend money. Interesting. Um, has anybody done any forecast as to how much national debt our economy can actually support? Um, I don't know. Right now, the national debt is about 100, uh, 103% of uh, – uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the national debt is very, very large relative to the GDP, but, okay. but we're, uh, we're better off than many other countries, and, and there's no particular, uh, um, no, no particular estimate that I know of uh, where, you know, where it rings the bells for disaster. And here's the, the reason I'm asking that question is because I think the more important question is if we don't know – how much national debt our country can support, then how can Congress, in any good conscience at all, raise the, the debt ceiling? Well, the, well look, the, these people are politicians. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is, look, you have to recognize that a congressman's, uh, let's say a, a member of the House of Representatives, his time horizon is two years. Okay. Uh, a senator may be four or six years. Now, those people are not concerned about what happens to our country in 2030, yeah. because uh, you know they, they they might be dead by 2030. And if they do the kind of things now that protect our country in 2030, the American people will run them out of office. Which brings up my next question, and that is, and I told you about this ahead of time, uh, Calvin Coolidge being one of my favorite presidents. I looked up some numbers, and I got this from a Heritage Foundation article. Uh, Calvin Coolidge inherited in World War, after World War I and the Woodrow Wilson mess um, just this horrible economy. But what he did was he cut spending 43% from 1921 to 1924. He dropped the highest tax bracket from 73% to 29%, and that went from 1921 to 1929, and reduced the national debt from $24 billion to $16.9 billion. So I translate... And right after that, we had the Roaring Twenties. Exactly, we had the Roaring Twenties. So what I'm getting to is if that was repeated today, and I've run the numbers here, if Trump repeated that today, we'd have a current budget that would go from 4.3 trillion down to only 2.4 trillion. 
the top tax rate would go from 39.6 down to 15.7, and the national debt would be reduced from 20 trillion to about 14 trillion. What would that mean for our economy if we could repeat what Calvin Coolidge did to create oh, the Roaring Twenties? It would just be fantastic. It'd yeah. be great for our economy, but uh, uh, but uh, President Trump just cannot do that. Look, look, yeah. the. The major components of, the, of federal spending, of the, of the uh, federal budget, are Social Security, okay. Medicare, and Medicaid. Now, touching those things is political suicide. And, and any president uh, uh, who's not going to do something about Social Security and, Medi- and Medicare uh, is, is not really serious about uh, uh, reining in the, uh, the federal spending. Have you seen anything from the Trump administration that would lead you to think they're going to do something with these entitlements? Well, um, uh, I don't see any indications. That is, that is uh, a person that gets into office and stays in office. He has to be a smart politician, right. and he can't listen to what I what Walter Williams will tell him because that's <laughs> political suicide. I'm listening. <laughs> but you're and, not a politician. <laughs> well, actually, um, what I'm trying to do, uh, and I want to tell you about this speaker, I'm trying to take talk radio and make it action radio. And what that means is my audience becomes a citizen legislature. I'm going to be working with my local congressman. We're going to be writing bills on a, on a website. We're going to be filing them. And so the whole idea is to change the relationship from the citizen to the government uh, in a way that's never been done before by using radio, by using the Internet, by having um, a direct you know, participation in writing legislation because my guiding principle is that the people give their consent to be governed through writing the laws by which they are governed. And that's what I'm trying to bring in. So this is why I'm asking these questions as what can we do as citizens? Is there any effect that an average person can have other than you know, calling a politician to, to you know, affect economic policy? Well, well, look, look. Uh, you, you live in the state of Florida. Yes, sir. And there are many retirees in the state of Florida. Okay. And and you tell me what politician is going to say uh, is going to do anything about Social Security? Yeah. He'll have the citizens, uh, 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 you know, uh, drawing and quartering him. Hmm. If you, I mean, if you do anything to Social Security, and and a lot of people, unfortunately, a lot of people believe that their Social Security check uh, represents money that they put into it. That is not true. That is the only rate way a Social Security recipient can get one dime is for the government to take money away from a worker who is a you know, person who is already in the workforce. Yeah. There's there's no trust fund. There's, and I mean, it's a so-called pay-as-you-go system. And so, but I'm saying that any politician, and Social Security is going to go down the tubes. That, yeah. that is, uh, by 2035 or 2040, it's just going to be unsustainable. But any politician doing anything that will cope with the problem of Social Security in 2030, 2040, he, he, it, it's political suicide. Interesting. Have you... Studied- I mean, so, so we, yeah. one of the things we have to recognize, okay. I think, is that that politicians are doing precisely what gets them elected office yeah. and, 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 and upholding the United States Constitution, as our founders wrote it, uh, is political suicide. You know, it's funny you should mention that because my next question is, 
has anybody done some work, and I'd love to work with someone in your department on this, uh, in publishing what I call a constitutional budget. In other words, if we took just the items in Article 1, Section 8, things like uh, maintaining the military, the interstate highway system, the various offices, the courts, and things like that, and we, pu- and we put specific budget amounts as if that were the budget, you know, how much would that actually cost? Has anyone- It wouldn't come to a trillion dollars. Okay, so we're talking less than a trillion dollars. That, that, see, m- okay. see, most of the federal spending can be characterized in the following way. Okay. That is, most federal spending is where Congress takes the property of one American okay. and gives it to another American to whom it does not belong. You, I don't care whether you're talking about uh, farm subsidies, business bailouts, food stamps, mm-hmm. Medicare, Medic, Social Security, et cetera, et cetera. It represents you know, another way of doing it, another way of expressing it. It's legalized theft. Right. That is, that is uh, Congress taking from one American and giving it to another, and that's not in the Constitution. Yeah. I still would like to do that, and so I'm hoping I can write you off, off the air and see if I can get someone to, to actually put dollar amounts to each of the items in Article 1, Section 8, because I want to write an article on this. I want to publish it, and I think if, if – and I can present that to my congressman and, and say, look, this is what a constitutional budget looks like. This is what you guys are doing, and I think if people are aware of that and how far we've gone from the Constitution, it, it, you know, at least it's an educational thing. It might make a bit of a difference. Well, I, I would hope so. I mean, and I would hope so because the future of our country depends on it, yeah. and and the future of liberty uh, um, uh, depends on it. And and we Americans have an awesome responsibility. That yeah. is, if liberty dies in the United States, it's dead for all times, for all people, all for uh, for all over the world. And so we Americans have an awesome responsibility yep. to make sure that liberty persists in the United States. And what we're doing now is the exact opposite of that. Yeah, and that's why I'm trying my bit. I mean, I've got a vision for, for Action Radio, and I'm getting a lot of help here and a lot of support. And I have this job to be able to do it. So, but that's part of it, is to have much more of a direct representation. But here's, uh, here's, a, yeah, question for, yes, sir. But here's a question for you to ponder. That is, we have to ask the question, are the American people, as human beings, are we any different from the Romans, from the Portuguese, the French, the British? These are great empires of the past. Right. They went down the tubes for precisely what we're doing, yeah. bread and circuses. Now, what is it about American people as human beings that make us any different from them? That's a great question. Uh, all I can think of is we have more uh, history, we have the Internet, we have more information at our disposal, we have more instant communication. A regular person like me that was a tour guide in San Francisco three months ago is now on radio. I can talk to you directly, whereas people in like Roman times, I don't think they could talk directly to their senators you know, and the government officials. They, they were, and for most people, you know, people in power are way beyond us regular folks out here. So but I think with education, with the instant communication we have, and with, with considering things that have never been considered before, like regular people writing legislation, maybe that'll make a difference. Well, I, I hope you're right. I'm going to try. <laughs> Indeed, I hope you're yeah. right, because the future of America depends on, on, on our doing something yeah. different from what we're doing. Can I ask you a couple more questions? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, one thing I was wondering is the unemployment figures. Whenever they're given, we get the U3 rate, which is like 4.9%. We get U6, which is a little bit higher. But I found a website called Shadow Stats by um, 
John Miller, I think. And what he's reporting is that the actual unemployment rate is 22.7% because they include long-term discouraged workers who aren't counted in the U3 and U6 rates. Is that accurate? And would that better describe why our economy is so sluggish if actually 22% of people are unemployed? That that sounds a bit high, but not. But uh, you know, I I would put it somewhere around fifteen percent. That's okay. the number I'm hearing. Okay. Uh, if you include the so-called discouraged worker, right. And one of the reasons why we have these, I think it's about ninety-two million people okay. uh, who are capable of working, not working. The reason why we have such a number is because of the welfare state. Okay. That is, these people can afford to say, well, I'm not going to take that job at McDonald's for $7.25 an hour and $8 an hour because I can get unemployment compensation, I can get food stamps, I can get many other things. Hmm. And if you look at historically, the duration of unemployment uh, since 1948, I believe, has tripled. Okay. And 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 uh, now, if, if not taking a job at $8 or $9 an hour, if that meant starvation, People would not do it. Yeah. But it doesn't mean starvation. Well, we used to have a workfare program where you had to work something. You know, if you were an able-bodied person, you couldn't just stay on welfare. Now, that's right. And then there's another question that one might ask is that we've okay. been a nation since uh, 1792 or 1787, whatever number you we want to, uh, whatever year you want to put it. Okay. But but we we became the greatest nation on the face of earth without all these programs that people today say are absolutely necessary. So they're that not. Is, we, we, didn't have a, we didn't have any welfare until the, you know, until the Roosevelt administration. Right. Uh, we did not have an unemployment compensation, I believe, not until the 1940s. Yeah. And, it, and, and we didn't have all these programs that people say is absolutely necessary at, uh, be, uh, you know, before uh, in the, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Yeah. Another thing we didn't have that I reported on in the previous hour was the withholding tax that came in in 1943, right in the middle of World War II. Yeah, and right. It's, it's, what, 62 years later or something. The article and, you know what it, yeah, go ahead. and very interestingly, it was called a victory tax. Oh, interesting. And, oh. and, and it, was called the, it was called the victory tax because the government was saying, if we can get money to the government uh, more quickly, we, that will help us win the war. Yeah. Well, now, and so, so as Milton, as my colleague and, and mentor, Milton Friedman, used right. to say, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary federal program. Or a tax, temporary tax. We have an issue here. We're voting on another temporary tax for 10 years. Um, oh, yeah, well, yeah, right. As a matter of fact, they just repealed, I think 10 years ago, mm -hmm. the tax on telephones that was supposed to finance the Spanish-American War. <laughs> wow. What would happen if we actually could get rid of it? This is one of my legislative agenda items. If we didn't have a withholding tax and Americans had to physically, I mean, they couldn't just have an automatic deduction, but if they had to physically, every time uh, tax was due, whether it was weekly, monthly, quarterly, or by the year, what do you think that would have uh, an effect on the economy and the rate of I taxation? I think it would have a very important effect because the average American has no idea how much taxes he's paying. Right. The withholding tax makes it makes uh, uh, paying taxes to the federal government and the state government it makes it less painful than it otherwise would be. Now, if I had it my way, I would require before changing anything about taxes that people pay. 
their taxes, <laughs> go to the post office, pay their taxes, and count it out in $5 bills and have the whole family present with them. Oh, wow. Well, tax collectors in the old days, when we're talking about older civilizations, they would come to your house. They would take things. They would take your livestock. They would take your, your money. They would take whatever. And people knew exactly what they were paying because it was going right out the door. Yeah. And, and you know, and keep in mind, since uh, between 1780, I mean, 1787 mm-hmm. and 1913, we did not have an income tax except for a short period during the, during the, uh, the Civil War yeah. that was ruled unconstitutional. And and we were able to run our government on sales tax and ice and excise. I mean, uh, uh, tariffs and excise taxes. Now, but however, government was very small. That is, between 1787 and 1920, except during war, mm-hmm. the federal government was only three percent of the GDP. And what's it now? To, today, the federal government is around 25, between 25 and 30 percent of the GDP. Wow! And so you need an oppressive system like the Internal Revenue Code to get that amount of money from the American people. Hmm. You mentioned uh, Social Security is one of the, the big exploding time bombs coming up. Um, have you, I'm sure you have, but uh, studied the Chilean retirement system, and would a privatized system like that work here? Uh, would, would you repeat, repeat the question? The, the Chilean system where I think they have a mandatory oh, yeah, 10% yeah, right, yeah. withholding, but it's a private account. It goes to you. It doesn't go to the government to pay other people. Could that work here? How could that work here? And would that solve our Social Security I think that would problem? be an improvement over the status quo. Okay. If I had it my way, what I would do okay. is that I would tell every American uh, who is eight, over age 45, mm-hmm. look, we will live up to our commitments and pay you your Social Security benefits out of general revenues. Okay. For all people under 25, I would tell them, forget whatever money you put in uh, under 45. Okay. Forget whatever money you put into Social Security. Go out and get your own retirement system. And so then the reason why 45, uh, I choose 45, is that between 45 and 65, mm-hmm. and if you put your money in a private retirement system, you would break even with what you would get in Social Security. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I but see, to, but the, one yeah. thing, we can't, we can't abandon people right. who have made their plans based on what the government told them, the big lie about Social Security. So we have to find some way to take care of those people. But, but let's say we can, what we can do, we can just prevent the system from getting worse. Interesting. Um, I want to throw something open to you now because I'm, I'm, I've been asking a lot of questions, but what is going on in economic theory now? What new developments do you have? You know, are the models working? Is there something new to take a look at the economy to explain it better? What do you guys do at, at, at George Mason? Well, we teach real economics. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think that the one, one of the things that's happening to our profession, which I think is disastrous, is that it, it's becoming too mathematical. Uh, and now, as I tell, I teach my PhD. The, the uh, my uh, in fall, I teach the first year PhD students uh, uh, their economic theory, mm-hmm. and I tell them that economics is not math, and math is not economics, but math is a very, very valuable tool in economics. Okay. But too many people, uh, uh, you, you, uh, distinguished places like University of Penn, MIT, uh, they, 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 uh, they, you know, they, they teach math instead of really economics. And here we teach uh, economics, so my colleagues are top people in um, in public choice analysis and or the uh, Austrian uh, theory, Austrian theories of uh, in Can you economics. explain that Austrian theory real quickly? Because I want to get one of those folks on with me, too. 
Well, yeah. Well, the, the Austrian. It, it, well, it has to do with the the uh, the, the uh, economics of Friedrich Hayek okay. and uh, and many others who are from the Austrian school of uh, economics. But, however, as Milton Friedman used to say, <laughs> he used to say there's only two kinds of economists: uh, good economists and bad economists. <laughs> And if you make the wrong forecast, yeah. Yeah, um, as opposed to people saying Keynesian economists, Austrian right. economists, free market economists. He just says it's good economists and bad economists. Okay. I've got uh, one of my wilder ideas is to have what I call brainstorm day, where I get uh, maybe you and Newt Gingrich and, and maybe Herman Cain and maybe Mike Huckabee and a few other folks, Ann Coulter, together, and we brainstorm questions that, that no one else is asking. And one of the questions I've been trying to uh, wrestle with is regulatory agencies as a model, I think, is a terrible way to govern. I think there has to be a new way to, to enforce the laws that uh, the legislature passes and the executive signs, but regulatory agencies become these little kingdoms. They grow, they take on more responsibility, they think their regulations are, are law, and they're like bypassing uh, the legislative process. Is there another way to get our laws enforced that is not a regulatory agency? Is there a new model that we could come up with um, to handle that responsibility? Has anybody? Well, I, I, yeah. I think we just have to go back and look at our history. Okay. That is, we say, well, what in the world did what what in the world did we do before we had all these regulatory agencies? Okay. And then uh, uh, the, another uh, big problem is that. Uh, Congress has become uh, derelict in its responsibilities. That is, it's given much of their responsibilities to regulatory agencies. Interesting. And, and the regulatory agencies, as you said, they become uh, uh, little fiefdoms and where people uh, have uh, all kinds of legislative power that's not, uh, uh, that, that's, that they're not supposed to have. That is, Congress has delegated much of its responsibilities to these regulatory agencies. And matter of fact, uh, congressmen, uh, they don't understand much of what they pass. Yeah, because they, they pass it and then they read it. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd probably be in favor, then, of a bill to have bills be one subject. And I think Thomas Jefferson wanted you know, bills to stay on the table for a year before they were voted on to give everybody input on them. Um, and, there... and, and Trump has an interesting idea for What's each that? new regulation to have to get rid of three or two, whatever he said. Yeah, I'm, never, I'm not a great fan of formulas. The same way I'm not a big fan of, of term limits because you, know, you might get three corrupt people in the space of one corrupt person. And I would like to see entire you know, areas of regulation be done away with, you know, especially when they talk about the whole global warming hoax and, and you know, carbon dioxide being a, a pollutant when it's really a plant fertilizer. So there's a question. Has anybody accounted for the cost of this whole global warming thing? How much is that taken out of our, of right. our productivity? Well, there are people that have... Uh the Heartland Institute, uh, okay. uh, they've uh, they've done it, and then actually for uh, for for the for you and and many of the listeners, you can go to my website. It's WalterEWilliams.com, and I give uh, uh, their book recommendations and their recommended websites, and they're they're my publications and my okay. videos and other things that are available on that website. Hmm. I, I have more questions for you, but I know you wanted to go at some point. Yes, we have. To. But I'm just, I'm, well, I see, I got you now, so I'm having so much yeah. fun. But I hope I can get you back uh, sometime soon. Um, oh, that'd be nice, yeah. Do, do you have any, any closing comments or advice for me with, for Action Radio? Uh, no. I, I, one of the topics of my last column, I pointed out that true liberty is, uh, uh, is not for wimps. You have to be a brave person to be for liberty. Liberty Not for Wimps. I'm going to read that column. I'm going to present it to my audience here. And I want to thank you, Dr. Williams, so much for coming on my show. And the and extra time you. that you gave, I really appreciate that. Okay, thank you very much. All right, you have a wonderful day, sir. All right, and that was 
Dr. Walter Williams of George Mason University. And that is, I think, the most incredible uh, conversation I've ever had with anybody, certainly in my, my short three, three weeks here. If this is the kind of guest you want, if you want this kind of information, uh, if this is something that um, is, is, is appealing to you, let me know, please, because I'm going to try and get the very best that I can for you. Uh, we're going to take a break now. Uh, the phone number is 623-1330, 623-1330. I spent so much time, you know, preparing my questions for Dr. Williams. I, I still didn't get to them all, but uh, I have more things. If you want to talk, now's your chance because I really don't have a whole lot else to do because I really want to make sure that I maximized uh, my time with Dr. Williams. He was just fabulous. So let's take a break. It's 1330 WEBY, 8.30 in the morning, and I'll be back. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting listening to my own uh, radio interview back uh, back in 2017. So if I was there three weeks, that would have been March like 24th, 25th, something like that. Um, it's just, or anytime after the 21st, because we started on the 1st. So yeah, it would have been like March 21st, 22nd. Pretty incredible stuff. And so still my favorite interview. Uh, it was my first big interview. I had overprepared. I probably had about two hours worth of questions, and I got to ask the best ones in the time that was available. So let me play a couple things for you, and then uh, we'll see you again after Christmas. And there's my 90-second morning. I'm talking about a minute's worth of stuff. So anyway, see you after Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, and then Happy New Year as well. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. <laughs> 